faces. We're back. 2024 is here for the Tommy Talks podcast, and we have a huge guest to kick off the season. Travis Head, the vice skipper of the Australian cricket side, is in the building, and we talk all about his journey, the World Cup, the celebrations, everything that you've asked. We ask the great man right here on Tommy Talks. I don't want to give away any more. It's a great chat. You'll love it. So tune in right here. Aces, I know I always go on about the Rixies, but I got huge news. We have all our styles and colors restocked on the website right now. It's been months. We ran out of stock, but we're back. Get online, grab some sunglasses at rickseyewear.com.au right now and use our little discount code Aces if you want a 20% discount code on the house. Righto, let's get into the show. Travis Head in the building. Big fella, welcome to uh, the podcast, mate. It's great to finally get you on. We've had that many coffees. We finally align with our schedules and we just get you. We are, uh, yeah, we're, we've aligned. We're, uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a long way down the track, isn't it? But we're here, so it's good to be here, mate. I really appreciate you coming on here, mate. It's, um, geez, it's been, uh, it's been unbelievable watching you and Mitchie and all the boys from afar. It's been, a very successful year. I know it's 2024 now. We're reviewing last year, but the last few years. Um, I guess the uh, the first one is just like, when do you just have a little spell? Because I was saying to you before, like your schedules are hectic. When do you just breathe out? Is it the AB medal where you really get to reflect on the year? Like when's the time where you do reflect? Because I feel like your schedules just do not stop. You've got the IPL coming up. We're talking about um, T20s, all the rest of it. When do you reflect and go, wow, that was actually a big year? Um, normally probably post, uh, for us or the test boys, post the last test match, um, which was the other day in Brisbane, but, um, also Sydney's normally the one. So, um, but yeah, we had the AB medal. We had a great night the other night for the world cup and the, and the world test championship. CA put on a nice night. We were all able to celebrate the night before the AB, but a few of us obviously got ODIs coming up as well. So, um, playing this afternoon and, um, I think I've got maybe a little snippet of four days before, um, New Zealand, uh, ODI. T20s and, and test stuff. So four days doesn't sound like for a lot, but um, when you're six or seven weeks at home for the whole year, you're, uh, you're taking them. Yeah, 100%. You're rarely at home. Is that something that people don't realise? Like is it hard on not just your family but like your friends? Like how do you kind of – when you get back, is it just meet me at the pub and that's my chance to catch up with everyone? How hard is it to kind of see everyone? The hardest part is getting home and then having your phone sort of blow up and all your, all your mates you want to see, but then obviously Jess and Miller, um, the girls at home, you want to spend – quality time with them. So um, after saying no so many times when you're away, the hardest part is to say no to a lot of things when you're at home because, yeah, look, I don't get much time. But um, last year was a hectic year and then, yeah, you're like, oh, we'll slow down a little bit next year and now we've got a huge white bull block of uh, cricket where it's filled the season back up again and filled the year back up again. So um, we'll find some time to have quality time at home. But, um, yeah, when I take it, it's pretty chilled out, eh? I love it, mate. I love it. How would you review last year? Like, what were we seeing at AB? What were we seeing at the World Cup little dinner that you said there? Like, what was what was shown? Because I'd imagine the highlight packages. I know when you get to those, you know, for, for AFL players, it's the BNF nights and, um, you know, Brownlow. You know, you get to see all these huge highlights and it reminds you of these amazing moments and the sound system's pumping and everyone starts to get a bit emotional. You're like, oh, for, how good is that? I haven't really... Yeah. sunk in yet so what what was some real cool memories that you remember from last year um that stood out the most not not just one I want to hear all of them yeah I think uh well the first one was the test championship um two years in the making that one we missed the first one the first edition of it because of a slow overrate so 
um, which was disappointing. I think at the time it probably didn't sink in until I guess you see New Zealand and India go about it. Um, New Zealand win that one. And you're thinking, nah, we probably should have been there and, and be a sniff. So um, two years in the making to make that final um, at the Oval um, before an Ashes, which was hard because everyone talked about the Ashes and we're like, we've worked our asses off for two years to make sure we're in this thing. So that was a this huge highlight. Um, nice to get some runs in that one. And then the World Cup. Um, and you think about the World Cup, you got Maxi's 200 on his deathbed with cramp everywhere. And then, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, and then we roll into what was an amazing semifinal final within three days of each other where – yeah, it was just a whirlwind. We played South Africa, had an absolutely epic game in Kolkata, and then you go to bed, wake up, travel, play the next day, and you rock up in a Madabad with 100,000 people going nuts and um, probably played our best game of the tour. So, um, yeah, those were the two massive highlights of the year. Let's stay on the World Cup because I tell you what, man, I've I've put up some, uh, you know, we always, and big shout out to the Aces, we always put up a question, try to get some from them, and um, you guys have just flooded the uh, all the questions about the World Cup, and I'll get them all up at the end, but I'll ask a few of mine at the start. Mate, talk to me about just the whole campaign. We'll get to the celebrations in, at the end, but just talk to me about the weather, the conditions, you know, like the crowds, like how, the, the you know, as you said, backing it up, even the food. Like I know the food over there, it's not like you, it's nothing like down here. Just talk to me about the preparation. Give me the details of what goes in because – um, yeah, we'll talk about the celebrations in yeah. a second. Um, oh, it was a huge tour for the boys. Obviously, we had South Africa as well before it. So we had um, four or five ODIs into into that. And then we played India in a series before the World Cup, which is a bit unheard of. We had like eight ODIs before we got to, to the World Cup. And fortunately or unfortunately, I broke my hand in that period as well. So I had five weeks at home where um, I sort of missed the, the Indian series and the first little bit of the first four or five games of the World Cup. So... I think it was a bit of a blessing because I come in pretty fresh in that back half where um, I think we peaked as a team, um, but there's some tight boys as well. And like you said, playing, I think we were one of three teams, India, England and us that played every single game away. We didn't we didn't play two games back-to-back in, in India. We travelled every game. So um, very fortunate the travel's easy and the, the flights are easy and they put on and they put on a, a, a nice um, spread for us, I guess. But um it's still tr- tough to wake up every day and then fly, play, fly, play, fly, play for for the ten fixtures. So, um, but um, yeah, it has its challenges, but it's also it's an amazing place. We get well looked after. Um, yeah, you can really just do whatever you please, and if you want to do something that's pretty organised pretty quickly over there, um, they look after you um, like God. So um, when you say you get looked after like God, give us an, an like an understanding of what that looks like. Any restaurant you sort of want to go to, you can go to. Any golf course you want to get to, you can get to. Um, any sightseeing you want to do, you can do um, within that sort of bubble. That team, we've got so many people on the outside um, from India um, in a World Cup that that can just sort things. And um, nice when you got Davy and a few other guys who are always over there. They've been over there for ten or fifteen years. Is he the rock star over there, mate? You have not seen anything like it. But yeah, there's rock stars like Maxi, uh, Maxwell, Warner, um, Stark, Cummins. We'll go to dinner. We went to dinner in Dharmashala and you come out of the restaurant, 2,000 people are standing there waiting for us to come really? out of the restaurant. Like it, getting the, getting <laughs> to from A to B is hard work, um, but you've got to experience that sort of stuff and there's some wonderful places to see. But, yeah, they roll the red carpet out, mate. You don't get many. You never get a no. If you ask for, if you ask if you want to go see something or do something, there's normally – you normally get a yes. So That's great. with all the hard stuff, there's some some pretty good perks. What is the coolest thing you've done like on your day off? Um, well, for me, I'm a golfer, so like yeah. – some of the golf courses. Um, but then, yeah, like some of the restaurants, seeing some of the places. Um, food's good? 
Food's good, yeah. Like there's some unbelievable restaurants in India. Obviously, we're lucky the hotels that we stay at as well. Um, if you if you like the spicier stuff and you like the cuisine, then um, you can hit everything. I'm no good with some of the spice, so um, got to tone it down in parts. But getting better with the more time I say there, and and embracing that part of it as well. So um, I guess once you've had more opportunity to go there and understand, okay, what are the what are the boundaries and where can I go and Am I going to get crook here and there? But um, that's all part of it as well. Yeah, that's great, mate. That's awesome. Um, back to the cricket side of things. The the you know, what's the is there much difference with your recovery and your performance? We've got to talk about the elite stuff yeah, before yeah. we talk about just sinking piss and carrying on <laughs> when we win and winning off our own bat. But just the recovery side. I want um, you know, we obviously have a laugh and you're such a, a man of the people and enjoy a good time like everyone after you've uh, you know you've you've done something amazing. But the the ins and outs of the recovery, backing up the mental side of it like what are you doing to get yourself up and about every single game in something you know in a world cup which is tight turnarounds and a lot of travel um yeah i guess world cups are easier to get up for because each game means something and they're pretty important um big series and and those are, are easy as well it's yeah it's when you get on the grind in those series where um if there's one that's not going too well well for you but um there's different outlets like yeah you can you can play golf um there's normally a good coffee machine in the hotel where the boys will all linger into a room. Sleep's a massive one for me. I'm not massive on like the proteins and um, in the past getting stuff into me and um, ice baths, et cetera. Um, sleep's been a massive one for me. So um, sleep and then, um, yeah, to relax, you can have a quiet beer with the boys as well. So it depends what kind of way you want to go, but we've got every opportunity. And during the World Cup, obviously, with my hand, um, it's probably the most professional I've been because I had to, it was pretty sore throughout the whole sort of tournament. So looking after that and preparing was probably the it's probably the first tournament as such that I've had to put in a little bit of work in my body because touch wood I've been pretty lucky um, before so you, then. You've come back off the broken hand and then done what you've you know you've done, which is extraordinary. How much like were you worried about your hand? Because considering you know you've got to use your hand, it's like your it's your, it's your tools. You need yeah. it. It's probably the most important thing. How hard was it to get like when you got the first bat? You know. Yeah. In the net session after you're allowed to go back, did you notice it was a bit like was it weak? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was definitely weak. I, when I did in South Africa, so I got told ten uh, eight to ten weeks. So I was um, done pretty much. I thought World Cup was over. Oh, so wow. um, and I turned around in five week, five and a bit weeks. I played uh, against New Zealand. So got lucky with the the initial four week scan. Was like it's it's healed or healing. Um, looked pretty good. Gone back to place um, in the hands. So. Um, and then I, the first balls I hit were tennis balls, mate. Like I went from tennis balls to the next session, cricket balls, um, to getting on a plane. So I had two wow. sort of hits. Um, they were sore and there was some, and there was range of movements that were no good. And I feel, I think the, the strength had gone like 40% down from left hand to right hand. Um, so I was always going to have to bat underdone. Um, it was just how much it was going to hurt. Um, adrenaline and a couple of painkillers are a nice thing to have. Um, but yeah, I went in. I went in fresh, um, and I, I got I got runs in the first game, and then um, from then it probably still I still have moments where it's sore, um, just because of how quickly come back and didn't give it full time. But those are things you try and do. But I couldn't bat. Uh, I couldn't back up days, so I had to bat every second, third day for the whole yep. World Cup. So I struggled with some of the training stuff, not being able to train and not being able to hit balls. I'm not a massive trainer. I'm pretty chilled out when it comes to that sort of stuff, but. I realised that you do need to see some cues. You do need to see some stuff. You do need to train a little bit, um, and that's what I do need to go in the game. So when we got to the semi-final final, I was like, I don't care how much it hurts, I'm training because I just need to see this ball coming down at me because there's a few lean games in there where I was almost like the first ball I'd seen for three days was out in the middle. And when you're trying to 
got a full tilt in the World Cup and it's a must-win games in there. They're pretty important games. Yeah. So <laughs> seeing the first thing come down, they started to look a little bit like a marble at me at one stage. So um, I needed to get in the nets. But um, we battled through that and, look, yeah, nice to be a part of that. Oh, mate, that, I didn't know. Uh, that is unbelievable that you've got back, you know, early and then and then done what you've yeah. done. It's unbelievable. It, let's go back to the nets. I've got to keep going to the World Cup. But in the nets, blokes that don't play cricket and blokes that do play cricket, they've probably yeah. never faced a ball as quick as you've faced. You say you see them like marbles. How hard is it? Like, yeah. you know, is that what, like, I just, I'm fascinated by you blokes and how you sit at the crease and you do what you do. Just break down, as I said, you see them like marbles and they start to look like beach balls for yeah. you. But how does it, tra- like, what is it that goes through your, like, your brain and how do you pick up these cues as you get going? Yeah, nets are the hardest part, I think. When I say marbles, you hope that it looks like beach balls in the middle. And when we're in nets and uh, you feel claustrophobic sometimes, some of the nets are really close. The wickets probably aren't, always aren't as good as the middle, um, so they're always doing a bit. Um, lighting, sight screens, all those things are just not standard as the middle. So when you're facing Starkey and Kamo and, and Big Hoff um, in the nets, bowling, and Lance Morris now, bowling somewhat a high, one, high 140s, um, yeah, it's hard work. Um, you go in like the Michelin Man, man like chest guard, arm guard, you just all the padding because for me, all I'm trying to do is get out of the net almost, like get out of the net feeling half good because they're always going to work you over. Um, and then the middle seems easy. So um, the old blokes that say they train harder and it's playing easy, it's, it's, it's <laughs> you're not necessarily putting yourself in that position because you want to because your name's on the whiteboard and you cop Starkey on the whiteboard and here's your 40-minute net session. But um the boys work, work you over hard. All I'm trying to do is find the middle of the bat as much as I can without trying to slog them too much. Um, yeah, just small movements, just like really just squash it down to that and just try to find the middle of the bat, try and walk out with all my fingers intact. And I'm, happy, <laughs> you, I'm happy days. So pre-training, they put like certain bowlers with certain batters and do they mix that up every day or how does that all work? No, they don't mix it up. The text message goes out night before the game and I reckon – not before training, sorry. I reckon I get starky every net session. <laughs> we got an assistant coach that I, I give a fair bit of stick to. Like, mate, I reckon he just copy and paste it the last 12 months because I cop starky every net session. Well, like, it's working. So maybe we keep yeah, starky in the net. So yeah. At least he pitches up and tries to swing to me. He likes me a little bit. So. Does he ever try? Does there ever been moments where you start carting them around and then they go, all right, and then we start bowling? Never, you never cart them around. I never <laughs> cart them around. The silly ones like Smithy and Marnus, who, who obviously a lot better batters than what I am, they, uh, yeah, they can start playing a few shots or um, start getting ahead of themselves, and then well, they got the ball in their hand, mate. So they get the first, uh, <laughs> they get the first option, and normally it's uh, straight their pill. So um, they're not scared of ball bouncing in the nets. Any funny moments in the nets? Like I know when we uh, bring it back to like PlayStation, you're your best yeah. mate, and you're, you're getting real competitive. You might say some really nasty stuff to each other for 10, 10 or twenty minutes. There is there ever any like really funny moments between blokes that are very tight in the nets that comes front of mind? Oh, there was a good one in Champions Trophy. Like, sort of 17, 18 period that um, Smithy was captain and he, he piped the bowlers in the media after one of the games and said they didn't bowl very well <laughs> and sort of said Stark hasn't really got it right yet. And, and uh, he come into a net session and for 45 minutes, Starkey bounced him for the whole <laughs> session, the whole se- and bowl thunderbolts. And Smithy's obviously a freak, so he's pulling them and playing them and and Smithy does it 45 minutes, cops it, doesn't say a word, like sort of, oh, yeah, and comes out and he's like, have I done something wrong? <laughs> And he's like, you haven't got the picture, mate. Like, it's pretty obvious you've done something wrong. And he's just like, just blanked it and didn't even realise. But um, 
I would have been out there in about five. I would have got the picture pretty quick and I would have been out there and apologising. But uh, Smilly just sit there and pull, pull the ears off him. That's great. Smacks him everywhere and then walks out and says, like, Starkey, you got the you got the shits for me, man, or what? <laughs> so uh, that's, uh, that was quality stuff. And, that is quality. And he didn't pick it up at all. And, yeah, Starkey and the boy didn't miss him, mate. 45 minutes, I don't see anything like it. Just oh, bounces that is the so good. Session, so. The bowlers be the batters, mate. Watch out what you say about the bowlers, mate, because <laughs> yeah. they, uh, they get it in their hand, man. They bowl quick. Especially before training, just a little polish, mate. You're, just, you're going well. Going well, ball swinging, mate. Like, you pitch it up there. It's like, doing plenty. So there's plenty of that chat from the batters. <laughs> That's great. So in the nets, you're literally just trying to get out of the nets. I find that, um, I mean, as I said, that being in the nets with our Aussie bowlers, it, it always just appears, if not harder. Um, talk about, like, you know, I want to stay on this cricket stuff at the moment before we get back to the World Cup celebrations. I know everyone out there is going, yeah. hurry up and fucking get to the Didn't celebrations. Get any runs in there. <laughs> no, everyone forgets. Um, but, you know, in the nets as well, like you, you say you're just trying to, like, you know, get find the middle of the bat and all that, but are there things, that, you know, part of your game where maybe you're trying to work on that you're like, you, you, you know, you talk to the bowlers and go, mate, I want to work on this shot. Can you put it here? Is it a bit of that or not? Nah, it's just head-to-head. Um, we've got normally one session. We normally have three sessions uh, into each game and one session's main session with all the bowlers and then we have two others back either either side or then back-to-back um, where that's the time to, to, I guess, do your skill work, your craft work as such. And that's probably the biggest – that's the biggest change I've made is that when I face the big boys, all I'm trying to do is, like, not get out, mirror what I'm trying to do in the middle as such, like trying to find the middle of the bat, make it feel like I'm starting. If I'm not getting out much to them, then – I'm moving pretty well, making good decisions. I used to do my craft session against them. Like, oh, I'm not feeling like I want to play every shot. I've got 45 minutes. I want to play every shot, do everything, get out of heaps, make, make some bad mistakes. But I'm thinking about technique against the bowlers where the biggest change was to not worry about technique when I'm facing the quicks. Um, just bat. Just see the ball, face the ball, make good decisions. And then on the side we have, yeah, a couple of, couple of sessions where you can do your craft work where, yeah, you have the guys with the dog sticks that throw on them or, or out of the hand and uh, or bowling machines and it's like, okay, set it up here and I'll work on something. So yep. Manus and Smitty bat for like three hours in those sessions. Really? I'm anywhere from 20 minutes to an hour, like yep. depending on how I'm going. Um, What's the bison? Bison's a bit similar to me, I reckon. I think yep. he's a little bit on feel, the big fella. So I reckon there's like Warner. Warner, like not much. Um, he's an absolute freak. Um, but when you've played for 12 or 15 years, you know, sort of know what you're doing. Muscle now. memory. Um yeah, Smithy and Manus are just freaks. So they're they in there bat. for three they, hours. They, they, they can bat for like two, three hours a session, yeah. They, poor oh, old coaches, man. They're doing grind. <laughs> yeah, they see be... them getting the net, and then that's when you get the coaches like, nice shot, nice shot, like trying to get them out of the net. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, and then there's this sort of like – and you probably can see that within the batting order. There's the more flare blokes that are like – and more like free-flowing blokes like the Bison and, and Warner and – um, and then you've got like the grafters, the, the technicians, which is Smithy and Manus who are deep thinkers of the game technique based um so yeah different guys that go about it different ways and 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 the sessions there for blokes to take as little or as much as they want so i love it mate a um, bit it. of craft work there and then when you face it quicks mate just yeah don't get out yeah and they get in yeah and yeah and the, like, afterwards like man i just bowled you three times today is there a bit of chirp yeah there's chirp on a few blokes um depends who you get along with um you don't want to get out of the other batters so like i guess like manas myself bowling to manas or the boys and um but yeah, there's a few bikes, but there's another bowlers going to get yeah, Like Scotty Bowen's a big one, Josh Hazelwood for me. Like the guys that I'm close with, um, pretty chirpy. Um, <laughs> Baz, me and Baz come on nice playing, squash the stumps together. So they're not, not as much surface area. Don't look so stupid when they knock the stumps over. But, That's um, great. There's some good banner in the nets. Um, I, I think someone it. asked us Saturday how much sledging goes on in the middle. And 
do we cop it and how brutal it is. And it's probably more brutal in our sheds and our tra- training sessions than it is in the middle. So um, there's more 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 stuff thrown around. That's and you know the same in the yeah. sheds. Like most brutal places sometimes in the sheds with the boys that, that know you the best. So <laughs> yeah. once you get out of there, net sessions and, and all the sledging, it's easy. <laughs> oh, mate. I remember we used to um, – the coach used to sometimes pick out a player at the end of training to kick the goal and say, we're down by five. Can everyone – line up not to go over the line and and, and oh. that's when the boys would start that's getting just, yeah. real like a few yeah. sneaky personal calls <laughs> and then yeah. afterwards like, who, who yelled that one <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah yeah it's a fat shaming some of the stuff mate behind closed doors <laughs> what what's the biggest dummies fit you've seen in the nets like i do i do love this stuff i can only imagine uh, a few blokes that i know that uh you know would carry on like pork chops if they were to go out four or five times but what's the biggest one you've seen in your career not only like in the you know in the um in the Aussie squad but maybe even an SA or dummy spits I reckon it's more so when like um if you get hit a couple of times okay dummy spits can come around like just a bit of pain like because you the adrenaline's not going you're not up for the, you're up for the contest because you're like your, your beans are going a bit because they're bowling quick and you're like oh got to sort of sort it out but Yes, when you start getting hit, like if you get hit by a couple of bounces or um, there was a good one actually greening not long ago in Perth at Optus Stadium and uh, him and Lance Morris are best mates. And Lance bowls Thunderbolts. He's like, and it's well known and like he's playing this afternoon at the G, so I can't wait for that, um, for everyone to see it firsthand. But um, Greeny kept just rolling the ball back to him, not throwing it to him, and Lance <laughs> got the shits and, and three bounces on the bounce. And pinned him on the third one in the back, and Greeny just picked his stuff up and just walked out. <laughs> and they were doing twelfth man together that day, so it was day three of a test match. Didn't talk to each other the whole day. Just Greeny got the sooks on. Um, that's the, the the last one that comes to mind. Um, but there's a lot, a lot of that sort of stuff, like bowler bounces a batter, or bowler, bowlers never bowl bounces to other bowlers. They always look after each other. But yeah, if someone gets hit on the finger, or especially before a game, they get the sooks on a bit because. You want to go in feeling good, mm. um, but that's not necessarily not always the bowler's fault. Maybe the wicket, like the training wickets, uh, sometimes yeah. not as good, and get one that bounces up and hits you on the end of the finger, and then you got the you got, you'll sort that out for the next two days, and that can give you the shits a bit. But um, yeah, normally boys are pretty good in the nets. Yeah, they would be. I mean, it's, it's a tight group. The twelfth man's an interesting one, isn't it? It's funny that you you you're one spot off playing for your country, and then you you're running around. With drinks, you're the personal assistant for a week, copping sticks yeah. from the boys, and I'd imagine the boy and and all of you would have done it. And uh, yeah, you just you literally like the, it's the bitch. Yeah, it's, <laughs> that's hard work, mate. Because it's probably it's it's harder than play, it's harder than playing because you're trying to service eleven blokes, and then and Smithy, you see how many times he calls for gloves. So like when he's batting, you're just running, you're running out there every four or five overs, um, sorting drinks out. Like yeah, you got the little piece of paper and what everyone likes to drink, and yeah. Different so, drinks for everyone. And, so um, you're generally making every single person's drink. You're making the team Gatorade or Powerade, whatever you guys have. Yeah. It's like is it, it's a full nutrition We're type. hydrolytes in those little like sachets. So you're like tearing little sachets and like. So like a nutritionist for yeah. game day. We've got the nutritionist that does. Like we got some really good support staff that do like the bulk of it at the start of the day. But then, yeah, as you're going, yeah, you're and water bottles in the Gatorade bottles. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a tough gig for some of them. And some of them guys are pretty precious, so. What um, what about the uh, I, I might have saw someone in your team um, talking about the effort of uh, you know really making that Gatorade or is it Gatorade or Powerade you guys hydrolite. have Hydrolite okay yeah. so oh, great Hydrolite I love yeah. the black current one so just making that perfect you know mix so it tastes beautiful and just knowing the blokes that do it well and don't do it well who's someone that 
makes a pure, like a nice mix and someone that doesn't put enough effort in to the um, drinks? Well, it depends like how experienced you are. So like <laughs> guys that do it all the time, you get end up getting known the work. You work around it. So like Michael Nessa done it heaps. Um, he's quality. You know it because it comes like a few ice cubes in there. Like you get <laughs> yeah. ice in there, <laughs> yeah. get a cold for the boys. Like you know when like, they've been sitting there out in the sun for an hour and a half and you get them and they're popping hot. Um <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like the guys that don't do it much, the the fortunate guys that don't do 12. Like Greeny's never done 12th man. Like, yeah. And there has a little bit in the last hour. So he's trying to work the traps and um, the boys talk about giving a stick. If you like don't run drinks out and normally have like a couple extras from under 17 program from Cree Victoria coming to the G and help and normally the other ones running drinks out and boys are sitting there with their feet up just chilling out and like get the, <laughs> get the young fellas to do all the hard work. So, um yeah, the guys on big tours that don't play, haven't played much over their careers, Michael Nessa, um, Sean Abbott's done it a fair bit. I'm trying to work out who else. Normally the bowlers because normally the bowlers are their extras and then mm. um, in our Ashes series, out uh, Marcus Harris, who's quality as well. That's um, great. On-field on, on field and off-field can bring a good gag as well. Yeah. Keep the guys up, which is what you want. You want the you want high energy from the guys uh, on the bench. Um, a lot of squads are as good as the good as your squad and your squad mentality and it's bloody hard when they're training in the morning. They go down early, get their work done before a day's play because you can't train during the game because you're trying to surface the guys and their days turn into huge days. And um, I guess if we go out and get a duck and we're chilling, put your feet up, have a cup of coffee all day and a nice feed at lunch and these boys are running and trying to do their fitness, trying to do their batting, um, then they're trying to keep being upbeat while not getting picked. It's bloody hard too. Yeah, work. it is hard. And a lot of players have done it. And that's, uh, it's, I guess, yeah. I know Mitchie Marsh is good mates of both of us. Like, I, know, I know he was yeah. doing that and doing it very well. And now yeah. to see him just get the AV medal, it's it's, it's amazing to see um, what he's done um, under the leadership of of Pat Cummings. And, and obviously, uh, yeah, now that we've got a new coach, let's just go back before we go there, um, talk about how you boys have thrived under Camo. But back to World Cup, you talked about the hand. You talked about the conditions, mate. Take us through the moment. Like it, it, it's it's the biggest moment in history. I think you're the f- one of seven. I think one of seven to make a ton in a final, which is mate. That's crazy yeah. stats. Like that'll be something that you know you'll have forever. Um, the moment, the team. I know you guys are all about team success, like we all are. Uh, it was such a great win. Your individual performance is something that's always going to be talked about. Like, how do you – like, what, what goes through your head when I talk to you about this? Um, yeah, it's been crazy, man. Like, um, yeah, it's been that. It's just like I wouldn't in a million dreams – in a million years thought that I was going to pull anything off like that. Um, pretty proud in the fact that I was able to pull my finger out in the semi as well. A um, couple of wickets, a couple of runs. Hardest part is sometimes getting into a final and then – well, everything was against us. It was just all set up for India, man. There was 100,000 people. Um, yeah, conditions. They played. They were the best team by absolute mile. Um, there's no doubt about that. And I was bloody nervous going into it. Like, I, I don't really get too wound up or too nervous, but um, I was shitting it. And I was just hoping Davey got off to a start. Like, that's all when it turns about it. So we, we bowl first, obviously. Um, I reckon I could have a, a thousand more attempts at taking that catch and I wouldn't, I would drop every single one of them. So I don't know how I end up doing to that. That, so, that catch is unbelievable. So yeah, so I could have another thousand cracks of that and I wouldn't get near it. Um, and we bowled like absolute geniuses. The plan just, we went with a plan that obviously Camo and, and Ronnie just come up with a plan. We're going to bowl first, we're going to put it on the pump. Hopefully the wicket gets better. We played a game against England earlier in the piece that the Jew just poured in, mate, and it was like playing on a swimming pool. Um, so um, we were just like, all those factors. And we get to the halfway point and we're a real sniff. 
that's when I got real nervous. I was like, shit, I just hope Davey gets off to a flyer. Like, and he nicked the first ball between first and second slip, went for four, and I was like, we're away. So sort of <laughs> yeah. we took 15 off the first, and I was like, we're sweet. And then in a like, blink of an eye, I don't reckon we got many runs off the bat. We are three for 40 with like 25 extras. They'll bowl a few wides and a few fours, buys, and um, – and it just went absolute fast forward for a period there. Um, I said it felt like we fell for like six hours. It felt like we batted for about three minutes. It was just, it was nothing I've ever experienced. The the, the noise in the first sort of 10 overs was just nothing I've ever experienced. Just so loud. Mate, 100,000 people, like the place felt like it was shaking. When yeah. when Davey got out, it was, it. Uh, I remember seeing the highlights and they panned to the, the, the Indian team and the camera's like shaking. Crazy, man. It's just like everybody on their seat, no one leaves their seat. Um, They've just gone nuts, mate. And then Smithy got out, I reckon. Um, yeah, because Mitch got out, the Smithy got out, um, three for 40, and they were like, they felt like they were home. They were just, they were gone. Like, spin hadn't come on yet. The crowd were just erupted, mate. And it was just like, how can we, how are we going to drag this back? I, my first 20 runs were horrific as well. So I was just like, just stay out there with Marnie and, and try to just get some momentum back. And, um, yeah, it's amazing what you can do when you get a bit of momentum back. The crowd started to get a bit quieter put on a bit of a partnership and then from that 15th over, mate, she was dead quiet, not a peep out of the crowd, which we talked about silencing and we didn't think we'd quite do it for that long. And then it was just like with 30, 40 runs to get, I was like, I just need to get off this field. Like it was just the the energy and the and the emotion and it was just like too much. I was like, you got 100,000 people dead quiet and I was like, was like, I'm getting goosebumps now thinking yeah. about it. Like I was in the middle going like, is this actually, like are you shitting me? Is this actually happening? So – um, to roll out a game like that, I yeah, and then to come home and the reception I've I've got since I got home has been uh, been pretty crazy. Oh, it's, so it's, been it's good. so good, mate. You're such a good bloke as well. And uh, and what I love about sport is when there's a great human and then a great athlete and they do something amazing on the big stage and they get all what you've got like accolades that come with it. It it warms the heart and it's also um, you're a man of the people. So I know that you can walk down the street and you'll high five everyone and you'll stop and you'll take a photo with all the kids and. Um, mate, it's, it's yeah. Again, well Pressure's done. It's, uh, keep doing it. Well, the pressure is on, <laughs> but you could almost go out there and have five hundred ducks in a row, and we, we don't even care because we know <laughs> you've just brought home a cup for the for the country. It's um no, nah, and the whole team are amazing. Yeah. And what you just said, like I was just thinking about it. I love sport, and it probably could be the loudest environment in the world when you think about it, because the Indians are just so passionate and. On their home soil, it would have been, I don't know how many Aussies would have been in the crowd, like what? 20. 20? Yeah, you know what I mean? And I think Mitch's old man, I think, yeah. I think Swampy, I think Swampy was on a touring Swampy group. Swampy Marsh would have been. He was on a tour group about 20 blokes, I think. That genuinely. is so good. So yeah. was, he drink, was he celebrating with you boys I could, afterwards? I could see him. He come up the sheds. He was obviously over the moon because obviously um, he won <laughs> one in 87 and Mitch has now won, been a part of two World Cups. Um, but I could see him, yeah, above the sight screen. There's a couple of yellow shirts and um, – Nice to have. They'll, I think they're the only ones clapping Crazy, when I got past man. 100. That is so, awesome. That yeah. is awesome. Uh, well, let's get to the uh, the moment the game concluded and, and the, the, just take me through the emotions and what do you remember on the field before we get to the sheds? Yeah, that was just – it was just like I think all of us, like they had drones going. It was all set up. Like, like I said, it was all India. It was all blue drones. It was all in blue and it was like um, I think – just the whole environment and what we were able to achieve. I think everyone was just a bit shocked at one stage. Not shocked. I think we could do it, but they were like, it was crazy. Like, I think everyone had just thought that it was just an easy win for India and um, how well they played and obviously being at home and having the crowd and the pressure and all those things. And and we'd had a couple of 
hairy moments throughout the tournament. So, um, but yeah, I think it's just everyone's static, but everyone's sort of just like, oh my God, like we've like actually done it and we've rolled out like the best game we could play. <laughs> yeah. So, um, again, like, and that's what you got to do. And in finals, like we just let it all out and just played. And it just, I think everyone just was like, when you're not back to do anything, you can just roll out and you can just like do it. And then a few things go your way and you get a bit luckier in there. And, um, but yeah, it was just a crazy feeling getting the trophy. Um, yeah, it was it was amazing. Oh mate, so good. I noticed. Um, I always love going on. Uh, not love, but there's two ways. So when a team loses a final that they should like, they're they're they're, they're expected to win. NFL for me last week, I love me Ravens yeah. or two weeks ago, and you go on the comments, and all of a sudden it's normally a thousand comments. It was like thirty thousand, right? Yeah. I remember, like, you put up a post and I just went through it and there was just so many Indians in there. Oh, and there was, was like one of the posts got 30,000 comments. 30,000 comments. Like, I'm not even going hurling back. abuse at you. No, and I yeah. go, why? Well, and now that's funny because you're the man, you've won, you've got the trophies, who cares? On the other way, you know, you, when you don't win and people do that, it's the worst. But I just went through them and I found them so funny. Did you read through a few of them and have a good chuckle or do you ignore those kind of comments? Oh, no, there was a few people that asked me about it because um, I didn't notice that all the, like, the hate and all the, um, all the abuse that was coming sort of from a certain part of the world and um <laughs> and normal and literally majority of like um have been good and um I'm going back in a few weeks time um for the IPL and that's going to be awesome and I feel like I'm going to be I stayed for the one other uh, T20 series and like the crowds were supportive they they cheered and they they said well done and everything but then obviously online stuff is yeah. online stuff so I've never read, read too much into it and um, it's probably now that like they filter out now and there's not too many and you get the odd one pop up that call you a prick. Um, and uh, I didn't have a great week last week in the test match, a couple of ducks. So they're all just sort of laughing at me now and getting sucked in. Like, he's karma. But I guess when we've won a World Cup, I'm not going to worry too much about a pair of the Gabba. So <laughs> yeah. um, I'll try and get as many runs as I can to finish my career. But it's something that I look back on. And, yeah, there'll be a part of the – there'll be a lot of Indians that um, won't be much of a fan of me for um, taking Forever away, that. saying that, like, they, they, like, the cricket is their passion, like – to win a World Cup at home. They won, I think they won one in 2011 maybe at home and it was like parades and shut down the world, shit shut down the, yep. the country. So it's a massive thing for them. So I understand that and I understand their passion. So um, a little bit of hate here and there is not – it's okay. It's a water off a duck's back for me. So, um, But, yeah, it's, I couldn't keep up with it. It was crazy. And, and I mean, not just hate, just comments of just congratulations and love and everyone getting around yeah. you. It must have been something else. I, um, we'll talk about what's on your finger right now. You've organised this, okay, I believe. Mate, this is unbelievable. You know I love me NFL and they yeah. get the big rings, but you've got a ring that you designed. Do you want to just quickly touch on that? We'll get a bit of footage yeah. of that at the end. Um, but who helped you put that together and, um, and you know, how you come up with it? Yeah, so we um, were sitting having a beer in the hotel after the game, three or four hours after the game, and, um, yeah, Benny Oliver at CA was sitting in the room and I sort of joked and said, we get, like we need to get some rings sorted. And um, he was like, look, if the players go ahead and, and do something, then, yeah, it's something we can talk about. And if you guys drive it and if it's player-driven and, and you guys are passionate about it, then, look, we'll see where it gets to. Um, that was where it started and... Zamps and I sort of Zamps went home from the T20s. I stayed on. He sort of took the um, the onus on it a little bit and sort of started um, branch out and get on come up with a few ideas, etc. And um, James Threadgold in um, a jeweler in Adelaide who who did all Jessica's engagement rings and my wedding ring and 
He's done a few other guys that I know, and um, he's involved with Adelaide Crows and does their BNF medal, et cetera. Um, I knew he'd do a pretty good job. I messaged him on that night when we had that conversation. Um, That's great. Even though I never messaged back mum and dad all the time, <laughs> I, I messaged James about some rings. Um, and I forgot about it sort of thing, being obviously swept up in everything that went on and the T20s and trying to play well. And um, I got back from the tour and got a phone call from him. I was like, how are you going? We've got like 20 designs, what's happening? And I was like, shit, I think Zams might have already taken it and done it. And um, James sent me the design, which is pretty much the design that we've got now, which was the first one I've seen. Um, put it in a 3D model. I sent it to Zams and we're like, mate, we have to do it. So, um, yeah, he come on board and um, – He's done an unbelievable job. We got him another. We got him a couple of nights ago at, at that dinner that we had in the World Cup dinner. Um, everyone wore him to AB medal, which I think a few people um, on TV noticed that we'd all had the same sort of ring. And um, it hasn't been very public. It has been a little bit over the last few days that we've actually got him. But I just felt like it. It means now I'll, I'll probably frame my medal with my shirt, um, and it will mean that like you got two pieces of memorabilia. So yeah. one for the old reunion when we will catch up for a beer. We'll. Um, yeah. We had to all wear them. Um, I've gone slightly bigger, so it fits another <laughs> finger later on in life. Um, but I think it's just a nice piece to have. gives you something extra to have, um, I guess, something that we've all got. Um, every player's got one. So, yeah, and it's um, yeah, it's a nice it's little awesome, piece. awesome, mate. They look great. And, yeah. yeah, that's really cool that you can put the medal and the uh, and the yeah. jersey, you know, on the on the wall and frame it up and you can yeah. keep that on your finger and wear that around. It's, it's great. Yeah. Well, let's get to the celebrations because, uh, you know, they were huge. I must say it was um, – you know, the, the cricket is probably the one sport still to this day where you can just let your hair down and really enjoy a big win. Yeah. Um, it's still, the, you know, that's the, the way we've been brought up, just backyard cricket, beer in the hand. Like just everyone loves hearing about the sheds after a win and you guys do it better than anyone else. You can't share everything, but there's so many questions here. I'll probably get the phone up while I'm talking yeah. to you. I don't mean to be rude if you are watching, but I don't want to miss out on some of these great questions. But just – Take us through the take us through a little journey of what does happen after a big win, big <laughs> World Cup, especially when you're the man. You you must be so high for so long with all the adrenaline and uh, and whatnot. But yeah, what are your memories of <laughs> the post match celebrations, Trav? Um, yeah, they were unbelievable. I think yeah, like you said, we're very fortunate that we are in more of a relaxed environment where look, a World Cup is a World Cup. It'd be like a granny for AFL boys and. But they go through a whole year of looking, well, somewhat looking after themselves and yeah. um, there'd be only little opportunities here and there throughout the season where they can, where, yeah, we, we, we can, we can, um, we're in a bit, a bit more of a relaxed environment, but you've got to make right decisions at the right time and we still look after each other after games, et cetera. But yeah, we can have a few beers and fly the next day, train the next day and then play again and, um, and sort of. It's a nice way to reflect and it's a it's a frustrating sport and it's one that you need to some downtime relax and sometimes the best times to get away is to have a beer. But yeah, after a World Cup like that when we, we've done what we did, um yeah, they they, they leaked in a, a couple of couple of days, three or four days later and um, <laughs> in India and um I probably got swept up in the emotion. Obviously Jess and Miller there as well and um you're trying to yeah, prioritise them as well as the team and um, there's definitely moments over the three or four days that I got wrong in, in parts. Um, <laughs> but um, I think that I, I honestly could not believe what happened. And then you mix that with the emotion of the team and then a few beers and, um, yeah, it just got carried away a little bit. Um, not for anything bad or anything. No, nah, it's I think, all great. I think, I think everyone's just and, – and I think I'm, I'm, I'm pleased with the fact that, yeah, I didn't uh, didn't annoy anyone or didn't do anything wrong and um, 
as simple as just having a few beers and, um, or more than a few, but um, <laughs> yeah, it just got swept up and all. I couldn't imagine. I, my phone just shut down. I, I didn't get hold of anyone for yeah two or three days. I had the one day tour, but I T twenty tour, but yeah, we um, we had a bloody unbelievable time. It was um, for a dry state um, where we can't drink, and um, we've got some permits and found a nice place and. Um, we made the most of it. So that's right. You can't drink there again. You yeah, see, Matabay's a dry state. So, so what are you going to say? You're, you got to say you're an alcoholic or something. Yeah, do you? <laughs> you have to sign a waiver. Yeah, we have to. Yeah, permits. Team management go through permits, and you go down the hotel and you can drink in your room um, in the hotel. But then we found a, a a residence that would have us and put a party on the next day. And the other memory, the other ones that the Ashes, the couple Ashes series I've played, and um, and the the World Cup, the Test Championship. For some, we've always had, because of the way the, test, the last test matches worked, we've always had a day off the next day before we've flown home. And they've been the greatest days of the touring, uh, of the tours. Like to sit down after a grind and to retain an Ashes, to win an Ashes, to win a World Cup, to have that extra day before everyone goes home, to be as a group with the trophy and um, have 100 Cokes if you want or 100 beers if you want or drink water all day or not, um, it's very personalised for every guy. Everyone guy's different. Everyone guys respects each other's decisions and whatever they want to do. But just to have them there and to have a feed and just to enjoy the day together and, mate, you go home and your cheeks are sore because you've laughed that hard. Like, <laughs> the other days that you remember and the World Cup was that. Like, there were some guys that went harder than others and some guys that f- had to fly home and some guys that stayed. But for that whole day, that next day was, um, yeah, the reason why you do it. And um, I probably got a bit carried away because I didn't drink during the World Cup with my hands. So... Um, once I had a couple, it was like, oh, I was long gone. So, oh, mate, I love it. It was a good it. time. The infamous photo with you with the speed dealers on and that. How many how many beers do you reckon you'd had at that point? Uh, yeah, well, that was very early in the morning. I think you seen the sun was up behind us at that stage. So um, I think we were like, yeah, sort of, sort of 9, 10 o'clock. We sort of rolled back. We're back into our rooms um, and then we'll back up at, a, at sort of 11, 11.30 for a 12 o'clock bus. So there wasn't much sleep had. Um, Jess sort of bumped me at one stage. Um to get me up and was like, you've got to get on the bus. And I rolled over and my first words were, I am the bus. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, that was uh, that was interesting. But um, That's great. Yeah, man. and then, uh, yeah, all the things. There's, again, there's some things that I would have probably liked. Obviously having Miller there and, and um, I've learned some things. And um, But, yeah, at the end of the tours, are always a time where I guess a lot of pressure releases and um, a lot of emotion releases. So, yeah. Um, yeah, for a little for for twenty four forty eight hours, it's it's yep. moments like them that you you work so hard for, and you want to enjoy that with everyone, and you you try your best, but yeah, for me, I think uh, all the all the uh, everything that come with it just got a bit overwhelming. Oh, so, and it still is a bit overwhelming yeah. when you talk about it. Like when you talk about what transpired over those three days, the emotions that um, I can remember, and even now, like talking about it, and people in the street and everything. Like I'm still can't get over how. Um, I guess how big the moment was, and um, and what comes with that, and um, yeah, it's a, it's a bit overwhelming at stages. It's awesome, bro. It's awesome. I'm I'm just so happy for you and and everyone um, in Australian cricket. But uh, when you win something like you know as big as you did, there's always someone that you just love to sit next to and go oh, and just have a beer. You just want, there's always two or three blokes that you're drawn to that you just sit next to. So I want to know who's your, who's the one guy, your two guys that you just love having a beer with, go straight to. You've mentioned Zamps a few times, yeah. the Bison. Who's someone that you just provides the energy when you're having a few beers? Yeah, there's a few. So um, obviously the Bison, um, Josh Hazelwood, um, the 
bending me a bullet. He uh, he could sit the he could sit at the end of the bar for a week, and you really and you would not know the difference. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, he takes him a while to fill up. Um, so yeah, you, and and he gets the giggles on and sort of sits there. And uh, I remember the day of the barbecue, we sort of sat next to each other for a while, and he. Uh, I'm I'm a lot louder than what he is, and sort of feed off each other. But um, he's a quality one. Alex Carey's also great. Also, he's my best mate, best man at my wedding. So, um, and when he has, when he, when he, when he, he's a very um, measured man, um, but he has got a little bit of Alan in him. Um, we like to say so. Um, he's always good, good around on the, uh, when we have a beer together as well. So, um, yeah, there's a few guys that you gravitate to. Um, and then uh, Dan Vittoria, the coach, I've got a great relationship with our assistant coach. So um, between him and Ronnie and a few others, there's a few different uh, groups that you can bounce between. And I think that's where I'm at. I sort of bounce between the yeah. room a little bit, carry on. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, the big bison was on. So um, The bison would be great. I'd still laugh when the bison was on that. Um, is it, what's the cricket doco called again? Um that you did for Netflix, was it Netflix or whatever? Yeah, the test doco, the, the yeah. Test, it's got the test. Yeah, the test, When yeah. Mitchie's got the um, device, <laughs> he's, play, he's on the, de- he's on on the, the decks DJ, and then yeah. and then JR walks in and yeah. he starts playing cover drives. <laughs> oh, I just, oh, man, that made me laugh. So I mean, that was probably a time where Australia got to see, you know, the personalities. Yeah. It was awesome um, being filmed like that. But, yeah, that I could only imagine the shit he's doing in the show. That's what the test doco was good for. It just released, I think, a little bit of everyone's perception about everyone. Um, Bison's one of the great blokes. You know this. You know this very well. But um, yeah, he went once was quoted as the most hated man in Australia. But um, yeah, I think the test doco opened the eyes to a lot of people and what we're actually like. And um, sometimes with the personalities aren't so much what you see out in the middle. And um, so yeah, like the, yeah, Bison the drum set. Man, I've seen that. Oh, the DJ set. I've seen that gag every now all the time. Um, <laughs> he would have got it out after the World Cup. Yeah, <laughs> mate. He was uh, he was on. So um, yeah, there's some there was some great photos of us all that come out and um, Bison um, well amongst them, and um, he's obviously had a very successful year uh, career at uh, WA. So yeah, he knows how to celebrate him. He does, mate. He does. And now the, the, the common question here from the Aces is. What's your best post-match celebration story? If you can share one, what would be one story that you feel like you could share with uh, Australia? Uh, oh, mate, we went um, late on the second, on the first, second day. We went down and we, we had it at a, a golf course where we'd already been um, a few weeks before and the house was on the golf course. So we we wandered down as a group and there was some footage of it coming out and uh, we sat on a par three, little like island green water everywhere. We went down there with like 100 golf balls. Um, and a set of clubs, and everyone lied on the ba- on the bank behind the tee box, and uh, everyone sort of was taking shots as they went. Um, and some of the shots, mate, were like the most putrid things I've ever seen. Like I reckon Bison hit the ball about that far behind the ball, <laughs> and it trickled like a foot. And um, when you're talking about kicking goals and all the boys, like there was like twenty blokes just screaming oh, at that's people. Great. So um, that was that was a very very humorous sort of couple of hours where we all sat out there and another great moment. Sun was setting, beautiful scene. Um, obviously, golf is um, a huge thing for pretty much all of the guys at some point in their career. Um, so everyone knows how to swing a golf club, um, but to do it after twenty four hours on the cans, <laughs> it, was, um, it was it was good to watch. Um, so that was that was a, that was a pretty funny couple of hours. That is a great story. I can only yeah. imagine being there and watching and everyone just laughing oh, their, their tits off. It was <laughs> one of the great. Uh, it was one of the great. We and then you get carts back and um, yeah, it was, it was it was and that was pretty much top. So that was pretty much top the day. If we got back and then cars started going back to the hotels, so it was a nice way to finish it um, on sunset in India and uh, yeah. Ahmedabad on a 
little par three with everyone. I would have hated to see the tee box after we were done with it. it looked like it was a great, <laughs> like we were tearing the thing up. So um, <laughs> we, uh, no, it was a bloody good time. No, I love it, mate. It's awesome. Um, again, congrats. And uh, I love hearing all these stories. I've got to say a huge thank you to you as, as well. I know you're wearing the Ricks hat at the yeah. moment, mate. You've been a huge supporter. You've been wearing the Ricks tees even on that test, Doco. Um, it was a famous photo of you walking out. Uh, really hung over and you had the Rick's tea on and, yeah. and, it, and it looked real washed and I had all that many messages. So I, uh, I have a present for you today. You I, I've, uh, the, the team's actually, um, the team, I told them that you're coming on and I, I said, well, we need to do something special. Yeah. And so I don't know what's in here, but I do know there's something in there. So what we've done is the, the sunglasses that you wear and, uh, uh, they're Soho. That's the frame. Yeah. We've got two new colors and I haven't even seen them myself. So these that's are the right. first ones ever. Um, I want you to open that. just wanted to say Thanks, thank mate. you for all your support because Not you right. have rocked us for the last four years. They're and, good um, in India, mate. Yeah, I know. And they, they, they stand the test of time, whether you're day two, three, but they're the, there. um, cool. they're brand new sunnies, mate. There are Soho, uh, frames with new colors. I don't even know the colors. So you might give me those boxes and all. And, and, Mate, uh, there's some hats as well. Get, they always get rolled. They in, will though. get um get rolled. Chuck yeah, me those. Good for it, though, wasn't it? Oh, mate, it was awesome. You in the leisure tea. I just every time I'd see a photo. So they're the brand new Soho's. I don't know what. There you go. That's the smoke. That's a brand new color right there. How what other go? one have we got? Here? They go good. This is elite, and then we've got. Oh, that's that's the crystal. There you go, and then there's the smoke. So they're brand new, mate, fresh off the press. Mate, I actually haven't even seen timer. these, so I wanted to uh, get these out <laughs> with you because I was like, I want to see them, but we'll give them to Travi first. For There you go. So there's the smoke ones as well. But anyone out there that, you, um, that wants the cherry to, ones, haven't I? The yeah. Minute. You're rocking the green ones in Perth. You're yeah. the man of town. But anyone mate. that wants a pair like Trav, um, head to rickseyewear.com.au and use our discount code ACES. It's 20% off and free express shipping. Um, and we'll be able to get you uh, a pair of sunnies that's on the house. Mate, no, thank you so man. much for your support. I really appreciate it. No, Keep them on while I ask you this question and we'll yep. get back into it. But Rick's on tour is one of our famous uh, questions here. And uh, what we like to ask all our guests is if you could take your Rick's eyewear with you and go anywhere in the world um, and pick two teammates to go there with, you know, Jess has given you approval for the week so you yeah. can go anywhere. Um, you're probably thinking sun considering you've got sunglasses on your face. Who are the two blokes you'd love to go on tour with for a week and where would you go in the world? And considering you've been all around the world, I yeah. think this would be pretty cool. Um, all around the world. See, I'm a London man. Love London in the summer. Um, something about it. Um, so I'd probably take – it's going to be – I'll probably take Scotty Boland, definitely Scotty Boland, and uh, – and Josh Hazelwood, I think they work. We're, we're tight at the minute. You go through my moments. There's, I could name four or five blokes. Yep. Um, who's who's stiff? Who's a who's Marcus the- Harris, real stiff. <laughs> uh, Bison, real stiff. Um, Kez, obviously stiff. So yeah, um, yeah. There's there's a, there's a nice little click of blokes. Um, yeah, the skipper's probably tight in there as well. So um, there's a group of like five or six of us that are in there that are. Yeah, major golfers and um, all go out for a feed together. All the girls get along really, really well as well. So um, at least if I take those couple of boys, I know the girls will get along as well on the other side. So they maybe go on the trip as yep. well. But, um, yeah, that's sort of Europe, like London. London does it for me, but obviously did a bit of Europe as well with um, Jess in the honeymoon. So there's some, there's some cool places. Love I wouldn't it. take them two on the romantic trick like Jess. So <laughs> I wouldn't be taking Hoff and Baz to, <laughs> to Positano, mate. Uh, but, uh, yeah, nice little golf trip in London. Love it. So golf trip, what golf course? 
Um, well, London's pretty good. Scotland's so they went on. A, I missed a Scotland trip during the the uh, the Ashes. So those two went on a um, a Scotland trip, um, which hurts me still. They still talk about it as one of the great trips of all time. So, um, but um, oh mate, we you sport for choice in London. Yeah. Um, yeah, Love it. And what do these two boys bring into the table? Like when we ask them, you know, your Rick's on tour, the two blokes, it's not, it's not always your closest mates. It's just the blokes you just maybe provide certain energy or balance out the crew so you don't make any mistakes on the piss or whatever. But what are these two lads going to bring to the table? Well, I think like, like I said with Hoff, uh, Baz is pretty much the same. So cool, calm, collected, they're consistent. They're, they're going to be there on time all the time, which probably keep me in good stead for a trip. Um <laughs> But um, yeah, they're just reliable boys. So um, that's what I think you want. You don't want flighty on trip. You want you want reliable stock standard. Know what you're going to get. So um, oh, you have a belting time with them two boys, mate. Oh, that's brilliant. Well, mate, I haven't been to that plate, that golf course. So hopefully one day uh, I do. Thank you so much again, mate. Um, your support for Ricks and the team is uh, just stoked that you support us so well and consistently wear the hats and the tees and and um yeah man as i said these are these are the first ever pair we've released the soho smoke and i think they're the crystal over there so Mate. keep them made and if you need anything let us know we might have some um we'll have some more as well uh head your way if you if you want to change them up but anyone out there that wants a pair rickseyewear.com.au use the discount code aces um and uh you'll get 20 percent off and free express shipping when you do so. Um, but yeah, once again, thanks, Travi. Really Easy. appreciate it. Thanks to the team for sending down the care package. Yeah. I got you another hat as well. I wasn't sure what was going to be in it. I don't know where the hat's gone. Um, here it is here, the little orange number. So you've got oh, another one there, mate. mate. So you're just I'm all decked every out. every colour. So it must be Hyderabad as well. <laughs> yeah. Nice little Hyderabad number yeah, ready in to the go. orange. So the sunrise so will be sweet with that one. Oh, there you go. On, on uh, the same colours. Let's talk about the IPL. Like it's uh, the, the whole auction thing. I love the concept. It's yeah. exciting. Um, it's common knowledge. How much did you go for? Uh, 1.2. 1.2, like yeah. bang. We're just saying Starkey went for? Four, four and a half. Four and a half, yeah. which is crazy. So when this auction's on, where are you and uh, who are you watching it with? And is it because, you know, there's a big difference between 400K, 800K and 1.2 or four. Four, yeah, so, 4.6, mate. There's so a big difference. What was one. your line? You know, if you're talking over-unders, where did you feel like you were going to go or you had no idea? Um, um, oh, it was, I was nervous, um, especially after the World Cup. So I was pretty chilled out. Um Sort of had uh, the three or four places that I might get picked up with obviously your management you're talking about and you're like, um, I've been in the last few years and not got picked up. So, um, and I went there years and years and years ago, not for anywhere near the amount of money that I got now. But um, for me, I didn't really, I had no care for what, oh, look, it's life-changing stuff and like um, it's huge obviously personally to go for it. But I just wanted to be at a place that I knew I'd, I'd hopefully make an impact with and um, I think I've got that at Hyderabad with Dan Vittori as a coach and lucky enough to get Camo as well uh, there as well. So I feel like I have a really good time. They're, they're a, a great team and um, I've heard only good things about the place as well. So that was the first point. It's like I was nervous about where I could end up because mm. you're not, you're no idea. You, am I going to a place where no one knows me or am I going to a place where I feel like I can contribute and have a great time and, and play well? So that was the first thing I was, I was so nervous about. And then uh, – and then, yeah, around how much it could be. And um, after World Cup, it, there was some ridiculous stuff getting thrown around. And um, I think I went for overs on what I thought I was going to go for. Um, I was realistic and, and, and I look, I was happy with whatever. Um, but, yeah, I watched it with Jess on the couch. Um, 
Where were you at home yeah, in Adelaide? Yeah, we were flying home that day, and I was just keen for the day to be over with, really, because it's been talked about so much for like the two weeks or three weeks after the World Cup, and we had a test match as well. And you sort of start hearing more and more things, and other boys in the dressing room start knowing more, and where you could end up, and sort of mock drafts start happening. And okay, this is where. And I was in the first group, which was good. So I think I was third or fourth out, which was nice. Um, you have to wait around too long, but um, yeah, that's awesome. But yeah. Just sitting there watching it go, and, and I didn't get a bid for a while. Like it was just dead quiet <laughs> in the room, and I was like, "Oh!" I mean, <laughs> but I always knew that Hyderabad were going to be a bid. So, um, yeah, they come good, and um, yeah, a few surprises in there on who who went, who who else was going for us. But um, yeah, and then it just kept going, and um, yeah, to to get the money that I did was just incredible, and um, yeah, very very fortunate. Now I've got to play well and hopefully perform. But um, yeah, it was a Amazing moment, obviously, having Jess and Miller and, yeah, pop the bottle of champagne. That's great. Um, then watch Camo go for what he did and be at the same place, so that was exciting. And then watch Stark, I knew Stark he was going to go for a bit. and um, Yeah, unbelievable for those guys to see um, the hard work Stark hasn't been. He's sacrificed so much over so many years to play test cricket, et cetera. Um, it's, that's been very, very well-deserved. So it's a crazy environment. It's an environment that I cannot wait to get back to. I'm very excited about it. Um, having experienced it earlier doors when, when I was a bit younger and I played with Coley, De Villiers, Gale, some absolute rock stars in Bangalore. Um, and I was very young and didn't really understand what the, all of it was going on. So I feel like I know myself a lot better yeah. now. I understand a blueprint. Um, I'm a lot better player than I was. Um, so, yeah, hopefully I have an impact. Hopefully I play well and then hopefully I can continue to go back. That's awesome. The lads that you just spoke about there, they're some yeah. of the biggest names to, to do it yeah. um, outside of Australia. Talk to me about some experiences you had there and some memories of of being a young oh. fella walking in the sheds with them. Yeah, we'll talk about like I think the only other place I've heard louder than that World Cup final is is at Bangalore at Chetaswami Stadium. Um, Cole and Gale walking out to bat, open the batting in a full house, and honestly feels like the roof was going to blow off the joint every time they went out. And um, we didn't have the most successful year, and um, it was disappointing. I, I played some games and didn't play some games, and over there like. Teams can change a bit and teams can move around a fair bit um, with just having four overseas and trying to mix that. So, but yeah, so oh, Gail was just different level. Um, De Villiers was absolute freak and Coley and um, Shane Watson was there as well. Um, Dan Vittori was coach of that at the time um, of that team as well. So to mix it in with those guys, I was 23 sort of thing, just sort of cracked, just sort of sneaking myself around international cricket but not really knowing what the ins and outs of it were like. There was somewhat of a bit of a starstruck and then you see AB go about training a certain way, you go Collie a certain way and you think, oh, I can just do what they're doing and it's, like, it's not that easy. You've got to put in the time and the effort to to work out a blueprint, to work out how you're going to go about it and and, and what what feels comfortable to you and what can you own. So, yeah, come a long way. I feel like I've got that mix now where I'm really relaxed but I'm still a deep thinker of the game. I still work extremely hard at what I do but um, I have got a very more relaxed side of things which – which back then I just sort of hadn't hadn't got the, the right mix yet. So, um, which mixed in a bit of inconsistent performance, but there were some good highlights there as well, personally, with some runs. So, I go there with some confidence. I go there, I think I can make an impact. So, I'm looking forward to going to Hydro. Davey was there for a long time, won an IPL for him, and is still loved for it. So, um, he has only had good things to say about Hyderabad, so I'm looking forward to getting there. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Anything that you picked up personally and applied to your game from those players? I think a bit from all of them, like um, I think one, the confidence to go out and do it. And um, I think AB was the one that I watched the most about 
one he had or he's t- talently like a freak. Like I think he was almost I think he was like number one seed tennis player at the time when he was a kid and juniors in South Africa. He's a scratch golfer. He's an uh, unbelievable table tennis player, like golf, cricket, you name it, swimming, like gun swimmer. Um he could have pretty, pretty much picked like three or four sports, but so a lot different to me. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, the way he trained, but he'd done it for 12 years. So, um, but he just owned it, knew what he needed to do, um, prepared and and what. And then Colgan on the flip side was like, he was in the gym like every single day on the grind, just be kind of trying to, and now. Doing what in the gym? Oh, like weights and running. He was, he is like, and now I think he was at the start of that sort of transition for him where there was a perception of him and then um, he wanted to change that and he was massive on his diet, massive on his fitness and um, I think that was the sort of start of that progress now that we see like he's an absolute freak, an absolute beast in the gym. Um, and now the Indian team, are, there's a lot of guys that he's like sort of converted into that sort of way and now getting into that team, you sort of need to be really hot on your fitness and so I'm somewhere in the middle of those two. Um, there's days where I'm not, I'm not like – Oh, those boys will laugh if they hear me say talking about fitness because it's like not saying that's right up my alley, but um, neither is hitting like not hitting any balls. So, well, you got to you got to have a balance. You got to find the balance that works. I think I found that balance at the minute where I feel like I'm in a good position mentally and physically, um, and then you just want to try and keep that for as long as you can. So, I think a mix out of those two guys who are at the time and still are. Well, AB's retired now, but at the time we're just two absolute freaks and powerhouses mm. of the game. So have them in the same team. Was um was epic. That's unreal. You talk about the mix, and you talk about Pat Cummings. You're going to be going over there playing with um, one of your great mates and uh, your skipper and someone that you're very close with, which makes you more relaxed, like you said. Um, you, you and Bison and a lot of players, you've become probably more relaxed, and you've played your best cricket of your careers yep. under um under his leadership. What is it about his leadership and the environment that's now around that's allowed you to kind of just I guess, be so successful. Yeah, I think it goes hand in hand, captain coach, I think. And so if that relationship's strong and works well, I think they feed off each other. So to have Andrew McDonald and Pat um, have such a good relationship and I think they feed off each other well, I think they're both deep thinkers and look at the stats and trends and and do heaps of research and understand what they know, but then they've also got the – just that nous of like just going out and expressing yourself and just letting it free a little bit and they and they understand both sides of that. So someone like myself and bias, it's like you've not not that we've got a, a, a like a long lead that we can pull and take and take advantage of, but it's like you can go out and express yourself and we're gonna take the good with the bad and we know that there's gonna be some bad moments, but there's gonna be some epic moments. And I think there was a quote that Mitch said the other day when Mitch left for some family reasons. Um during the World Cup, the last thing Ronnie said was like, we're not going to win the World Cup without you. We can't win the World Cup without you. So you need to come back at some point, whatever that be, but we can't win it without you. So like that confidence within itself and um, obviously me with my hand, um, Ronnie's just like, we're going to name him in the squad at the time in South Africa. And then um, the rumour is he went back and had four or five beers in his room and, and woke up in the morning just thinking over, woke up in the morning, he's like, we're not going to win it without me there. Need to be in the squad to win it. Like we'd, we'd map, he'd mapped it all out and knew exactly how he wanted the batting order and, and, and Camo was aligned with that. And um, I think, yeah, Pat is an unbelievable leader, um, someone who I think is now starting to get the recognition he deserves over the last 12 months on what we've been able to achieve as a team. But, <laughs> but mate, like, one, he's a deep thinker about things. He's a bloody intelligent bloke. Um, but then he's one of the boys as well. Like, 
Um, there's no more bloke that loves to go out for a feed and um, go to a nice restaurant with the guys and he'd be the first one to say, let's go out for a, for a beer or a cocktail and let's take the girls and he's such a family man as well. And I think the same thing with all the boys is that we've played in this group for um, four or five years together. The group hasn't changed. And now we've all got little ones. We're all married. Um, we've all got these little families and um, he's massive on that as well. So he's the first bloke to to call up and go, come around and bring Miller and bring Jess and let's go for a drink or a cocktail and we'll bring the girls. And um, that awesome. inclusiveness is just, is really important. And um, and I've played with captains that are sort of exclude, like excluded themselves away from the group or done their own thing. And it's sometimes hard to break barriers. And I, I feel like someone who I, I get along with everyone and um, there's not, there's not a big list of people that I dislike or, or, or wouldn't have any time for. Um, I feel like I've always opened up time for anyone and, Everyone has up moments and down moments and um, you never know what's going on behind closed doors. So I've always had an open mind to having a good relationship with anyone. But it always is sometimes hard to break barriers down. So when he's so open and so um, calm, when you are going through your tougher moments or you're struggling a bit, it's easier to break those things down and, and have conversations with guys. And um, he's not always going to get it right. There's going to be moments where he's in a different direction as captain of Australia. Like you pulled in every direction. But I think he's always got his mind on the bigger picture and everyone and he's always can make time for someone. Um, it always doesn't feel like that sometimes. It's, as some people might say, I, have a, I had a close relationship before he become captain, so probably for either easier to, I said, uh, I guess, have more of a relationship with him and, and get along with him than some of the other guys, maybe newer guys coming in and getting yep. going, but he's always got time for people. So um, I think that's important as well. That's awesome, mate. It's great to hear as well and you're spot on. Sometimes the superstars do – exclude themselves when I say superstars as the skippers because they feel it's a part of their leadership. They don't want to get too close. Some some coaches do it as yeah. well. Um, and, yeah, being – I just love that people element of being relaxed yeah. and they do their job and you support them. It's it's awesome, mate. Um, what's also awesome is uh, we got some great questions here from uh, a lot of aces and Prousey and Chuck Haley. They, they a few big cricket fans and big fans of you. They uh, they just think you're the king, which you are. <laughs> um there's a funny question here from someone, which I'm not going to read out, but I'll finish. It says, you are a god, Trav. But there was a few good ones. And um, one was, uh, you know, one was around your captain essay at 21, 22. It's a lot of pressure for a young bloke. Uh, and um, the way, you know, you've molded as a player and the person you are now and an enforcer of Australian cricket, how much pressure was there on you at that age? And what have you learned? Um, you're now 30 years old. So what's that, nine years ago? Clearly, that's that's helped you. But how hard were those moments um, back in the mm -hmm. day, being a skipper at of, uh, of SA so young? Yeah, that was a hard one, man. Because like, I think when you come through junior stuff, and I guess keep putting it back to a footy sense, like you do your seventeens and that, and your, your draft years and that, eighteens, and normally the best player is the captain. It's just like this is how junior sport works. I think is that the better players are gravitated to leadership roles. So. In my 17s and 19s um, for South Australia, yeah, I was a leader and I was a captain of the team. Um, I was still bloody rough around the edges. Um, I went through a 19s where I ended up getting the, the sack at one point because we had a few beers on a rest night that we weren't meant to be um, <laughs> and I might have been an instigator of it um, in Adelaide. Um, but, yeah, and and then but and I, I thought, oh, I was real close to playing for South Australia at the time and this is going back a few years, a few years before the captaincy, but... I thought I'd done my dash and I was like, shit, like just for a tournament, like to have a few beers and not that we did much wrong, but we just, it was a team rule that we weren't going to and we did and whatever. Um, two weeks later, I debuted for South Australia 
And I thought that I'd done my dash by plan up a bit. And then I went on tour with the boys and you realise the environment. Like I went with Fergie and Adam Crossway at night before the game and I, I had uh, a snitzel when they had a snake, steak and a bowl of red together and you split the bill. It cost me a hundred bucks. <laughs> so you learn pretty quickly as a youngster that you're like when you go out for dinner and you're splitting the bill, mate, make the most of your food because if you don't, then you're still paying the same whack anyway. <laughs> yeah. um, but stuff like that, I, was, I didn't realise at the time when I'm 17, 18. So um, played the first couple of years as that young bloke, keeping the energy up, having a good time, just coming with a smile on your face, socially have a good time, to then getting a call from Tim Nielsen to catch up for coffee. And I tongue-in-cheek with my old man, I said, I'd either get the sack or get the captaincy. And uh, he asked me if I'd do it, and um, I said yes, without with no idea what I was getting myself into. So um, to then have to try to lead a few guys through a, through a rough stage um, personally and as a group with with a few things that went on with us during that period um, to try to work out how I wanted a captain. And um, yeah, I was no good early days because I was trying to one be a leader, but I was still one of the boys and. I kicked out about three or four WhatsApp groups because the skipper can't be in the WhatsApp group with the boys and know what they're going on, what's going on <laughs> and that, which is a bit funny. But, um, yeah, I always had a fear of missing out and um, a little bit of perception stuff where I want everyone to like me and didn't really like much of bad words said to me because I just wanted to be liked and be one of the boys. So that hurt when blokes were getting dropped and it felt like it fell on me and all those things. So it took three or four years before I sort of got a grasp of it and we played a couple of short finals for a period where – we were way too early for. Um, and um, I think now for the last two years, obviously not playing for South Australia much um, and haven't been around as much, still captain, but not. Um, I've, I've gone back to a little bit of that younger. Uh, there was like a medium spot there where I, I probably was a bit rough on myself or a bit rough on the boys and was just so keen for success that I probably got a bit grumpy at times and um, it probably took away a few of my younger years. Um but I've sort of got back, that, back, that new sort of younger energy back in me a little bit and, um, yeah, back to being one of the boys. But I think you can be that and be a leader and I think I've learned that and um, that fear of missing out and that um, anxiety stuff is, is, is long gone and um, I know the people who love me, I think, um, and the people enjoy having me around and um, if people have got anything bad to say or don't like me, then so be it. I still do care about it. I still would love to be loved by everyone. But look, not everyone's gonna be a cup of tea, and you're not gonna. And some people aren't gonna like how you go about things. Um, I don't think there's many, but mm. um, if there is, it's not, it's not, it's not a bigger issue than what it used to be. So, trying to deal with those pressures as a young guy, trying to perform as well. Um, I did think it brought the best out of me playing. It did. Yeah, I, I, I had my best years as soon as I become captain. Um, I think it just added a bit of added responsibility. Um, to pull my finger out and just to, to always rock up and to and I think that's how I try to earn my respect as well within the yep. group. So how am I going to earn my respect? Is it going to be on the training track or is it going to be how am I going to talk to the guys? Am I going to draw inspiration out? And I couldn't do those things at that time with um, not not feeling I as a, and polished and can't articulate things the right way and and can't get work like can't get it out how I want it to come out. So I just took it by how I was going to try and play and. Um, take the game on and be aggressive and that's how I wanted a team to play. So I sort of, yeah, put the balls on the line and was like, I'm just going to earn a plan and I think I was able to do that early doors and then a few things come off, um, a few tactical things come off and guys go, oh, okay, you can actually do it. And, yeah, we were able to win a big bash doing that as well. So um, had some success doing it. But, yeah, I think I think what it has taught me is just where I'm at as a person as well. So hard yards for a little bit there, but I think I come out of it and 
it's made me a way better player now. Yeah, I'm a better person with it's, Jess and at home yeah. and understanding those things a bit more. It's a great question from um, from Chuck and, and Prowse. Thanks, boys. Really appreciate you you writing that in. If you've got a little bit of advice for your younger self, because a lot of people out there will be going through this or might be a skipper, they might be yeah. young leaders in their, in at business or life or whatever they're doing at their local sporting clubs. Is there any advice for you that you can give them now that you're 30 years old and you were a skipper at 21, 22? Um, yeah, I try to please everybody. Um, and within that, sometimes within my own technique and playing, and I think that you, you, you want to be, you want to please everyone. You want to, you want to work hard and have a good working relationship with everyone and, um, but not to the detriment of your performance, I think. And I, I think the one thing is what I did when I come back playing for Australia, it's easy to say now that I've played well, but almost hit that stuff at like that button where I don't care if I play for Australia again. And, um, if I, but if I'm not going to play for Australia again, I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. Um, without sounding like arrogant or, 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 like shut off from everyone else. You've got to do it and you've got to be comfortable when you look back and go, okay, I did it how I wanted to do it and I owned it and I was either good enough or not good enough. And I think as a kid, like, I try to please too many coaches by mm. changing little things in my technique or doing things that didn't feel comfortable and that's fine to trial those things. And I think you've got to stay open to getting better and I've always been open to listening to people. But, yeah, having those few people in your life that you, you can 100% back and can believe in and listen to still going out and listening to as many people, but ultimately it comes back to your owning it. And that's from a sporting sense, but I'm sure that works in a business sense. It works in everything. And the way you want to go about things day to day and how you want to go about your, your job is if you feel comfortable and you, and you enjoy doing it and you own it, um, if it doesn't work, at least you can go back and say you gave it a red hot crack and you yeah. did it the way you felt like you should do it and it will come natural to yourself. So I think if I was younger, I'd, yeah, just say keep doing it the way you're going to do it. Learn, get better, listen. Be open. Um, it wasn't saying that I was good at early doors is listening as well um, to other people. and um, So there's a few things there. But, yeah, I just ultimately just own it and just it's do awesome, it the way man. you can do it. It's awesome. The reason I just got my phone up is because I just remembered there's a quote that really inspires a lot of people, inspired me. You got a lot of um, press after your, your amazing World Cup. Um, and this is a quote that you said back in 2021. Um, so this is after being dropped twice from the test team. Um, brutally axed from Cricket Australia's contract list. And then um, on this day, August in 2021, you said, if I get another opportunity to play for Australia, if I get another opportunity, I'm just going to go fucking whack it. I'm going to do it my way. And it's one thing to say it, but then to do it is another thing. So, yeah. and, and that's exactly what you said. It's one of my – I'm yeah. not a big quote man. No, I don't use yeah. me, but I remember saying to you, I'm reading this out because yeah. it's one thing to go out and say it, but then to go and do it and do it on the biggest stage ever, it is a, it's it's extraordinary. Yeah, and, that one um, come out after. I think right, that one I mean like – I think I remember saying to a few of the close people, my manager, my dad, a few other people. Um, so that one snuck out somewhere that – um, I did say that, and I, I hit the I hit the button. I was just like, I do not care. Like, lost my contract, went back for South Australia, and, and had a great year, um, and just did it how I wanted to do it. And I've now brought in playing for Australia, how I played Sheffield Shield cricket, and um, whatever called natural because, and it's way more enjoyable doing it that way, isn't it? Like, oh, and yeah. it's easy saying because it's bloody worked, and it's and I've been fortunate that the last two years since that quote pretty much has been um, I haven't really missed much or or, um, or stuffed much up. Um, and a few things have fallen my way um, in some big bloody moments. Um, 
but yeah, so, but it's been enjoyable doing it and it's, yeah, the last two years have been, since that quote, seriously, it's been so much more enjoyable. More quotes, we need more quotes, mate. That, that is it, that's the only one I got. And I reckon, and Bison, a big fella's done the same thing. I reckon he said it the other day, he said, just opening up and, and doing it the way he does it and um, speaking to a few of the West Indian guys in the sheds the other day who are young in their careers and um, they asked how, what, what, what I thought of and how I go about it and it was that, it was just like, it's going to do it how, how I think I should do it. Um, and that's easier for the more natural guys. There's some other guys on the other end of the spectrum who are like journals and write things in and a, and a hard task and, mind, like that, and a they? grinders and grinders and grind day in, day out and go back to that. Like I did the journal stuff, like I thought it was shit. Never wrote, wrote a journal, threw it out, lost it, bought another one, wrote a journal, do a week, rubbish. Like I know how it feels and I'm, I'm a field player. I can go to bed at night and, and visualise and know exactly how it feels to – to hit a cover drive last night before a game today, we played this afternoon, like last night, visualizing before I go to bed. It's like just seeing the ball and feeling like I'm hitting it and just being that natural. Like hopefully today it goes out and I can feel natural. So um those are the things you have to learn as a young player. You go through the journals and the visualization and the and the different things that get you up for game, watching footage, not watching footage. All those things. Watching highlights was something that when I was doing a little bit of prep for this, that someone says, How many times have you Watched your highlights at the World Cup. That's my first part of this question. How many would it be? Because I don't want you to lie here. It is one of the most spectacular, you know, moments of just cricket. So yeah. how many times Heaps. Do you get, Heaps. if we get a number? Oh, mate, it'd be, it'd be, be twenty or thirty. It'd be twenty or thirty times. That's awesome. Um, and it wasn't long ago. Uh, but like, <laughs> it came out not long ago about that, and I think it was around Adelaide Test match before I played last uh, a couple of weeks ago. I played the West Indies last year and got a hundred. And the night before the test, I watched I watched that over. And so there's some innings. So, like, I didn't last night, but I got 100 here at the G last last year against England. And I, a few days ago, like, I watched that and was like, how did I bat and what did I do? And there's so much stuff you can go on on our phones and um, and look at stuff. Like, we've got, like, apps that have it all on there and that. But, like, YouTube's the easiest thing. You plug it in and you go, okay, like, I played at this joint. I got runs. Where did I get them? How did I get them? What were those feelings from that day? And, and it takes you back to those days. So um, the World Cup is a great feeling. So if you're down and you're feeling a bit rough and you're like, I don't know where my next run's coming from, like sometimes that is a genuine feeling. Like I've got a pair on the weekend. So like you're like if sometimes you feel like I don't know where the next one's coming from, um, to go back and have those feelings, you're like, I am a good player and remember those feelings that you've had when you've got hundreds and YouTube's a wonderful thing they're there. Um, I think I've watched myself bowl more than I've watched myself bat. <laughs> uh, but they go back and then, and they, and not even, sometimes it's not even my own batting. I'll randomly, you get down the dark hole of YouTube and you're, and you're watching the last day at Edge Basson winning a test match. Like, and those feelings of like, this team is bloody good. This team, those feelings. And, and I remember what that feeling felt like. So tomorrow I'm going to bloody pull my finger out. Mm. because I want that feeling as a team again. And if we get that feeling as a team, if I can do some part in passing in doing that, and it might not be 100 every time, but it might be a bloody good 20 or a fighting runs here and there or a good catch or a piece of advice to someone, like if I can pull in, pull into this group, like that's the feeling I'll get as a group. And sometimes that feeling as a um, as a team is, is way better than the individual feeling. So, yeah, sometimes it's not even individual. Sometimes it's the team performances that, that um, get you up and about as well. Nah, well said, mate. It's great and it's it's good for young people, again, to to watch their highlights if they have them or professional athletes that are that uh, need some inspiration the night before a game. They can go on YouTube or go to their highlight package and and, and visual and helps the visualisation as well. 
Man, I heard you talk about a dinner before and splitting the bill. I've always wondered what is the biggest bill that you've seen split <laughs> or credit card roulette yeah. is something that I love playing. Um, you know, we're talking big credit card roulette games with uh, if you if you play for your country as Australian cricket. I'd imagine there's some big ones. I've heard there's big ones um, and there's obviously players that would get involved and wouldn't get involved. But I want to know the biggest credit card roulette game and the restaurant and what was ordered uh, because there's got to be a cracker. There's uh, Yeah, so during uh, the COVID period, I reckon, where um, Adelaide, we were in Adelaide. So it, the, they come to mind, there's two nights on the bounce as well. So this is, um, yeah, credit card. Sean's Kitchen was the first one in Adelaide next to the casino there. Um, full squad. Full squad. Yeah, full squad. <laughs> that hurts. Um, couple, I was like maybe two and a half, three grand sort of job. Um, yeah, it's not too bad. Not too bad. So we don't, we're not too bad. We're, we're obviously around a game as well, so we're not. And the boys are boys are stuck a beer. They're not worried about the fine dining, the fine wine, and the bottles of Grange, et cetera. So, um, and we're also there's a range of different guys within the group. So, <laughs> yeah, I had a few grand, which is um, pocket change for a few blokes. But um, credit card rule, it got down to Payne and Michael Nessa. So Payne being the captain and – Ness not on CA contract. Only bloke at dinner not on <laughs> CA contract. Just so he's gambling. He's so gambling. he those two started to get the sweats on. Painy the tightest one of the tighter blokes I've oh, ever really? met. And Ness not on CA contract. So like that's a huge whack. <laughs> Would um, have been so Painy, funny. Painy copped it. So that's absolute sooks on. The got, table got the dirt erupted. Yeah. But also and Ness erupted Did like doing the laps of the table. <laughs> but we go out to dinner the next night. Same crew. Same sort of bill. Last two. No way. Again. The same blokes. They went back to back. Who lost that one? And I think Ness lost that one. <laughs> so I think I think Ness, it might have got nights mixed up, but Ness caught one and, and Payne caught one. But And I was third on the second night, and I was like, oh. and then you got blokes like Hoff and that who like know exactly how much they're up on credit card wallet over the years. So they're like, oh, if, I miss, if, if I'm going to get hit, I'm going to get hit. It doesn't matter. I've won enough. <laughs> Well, I'm early in my career, so I'm like, shit, I haven't been involved in this much. I'm going to be way down on credit card over the years. But it's always a good one. Um, and uh, But normally we play golf and, and whatnot. So um, Perth, play golf for dinner. Um, so we rock pool or saying in, yeah. in, in Perth, go to the Crown and go to rock pool and Obu. And so good, it might cost it? you three or 400 bucks. Starkey did me dirty, missed a one-foot putt in Perth the other week that cost me about 400 bucks at dinner. So <laughs> Were you playing teams? Or teams. You? So Starkey missed a putt and then – Hazelwood and bowl and fill their boots up at rock <laughs> rock pool on you and you're like no 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 <laughs> drinks in four hundred bucks each. It's like how close is the putt? Yeah, it's like three foot, mate. Oh, absolutely no. soda. And Were it, the yeah. boys riffing him at dinner all night? No, it was sheep. His putting's not been the best, so he's a bit touchy on it. But that is so good. Um, I love this shit, man. Yeah, it's like under the mouth, under the breath sort of stuff. Yeah, what the fuck. We had um, a bloke. We had a bloke. Um, we went to dinner once. I think it was a thousand, and and there was there was nine of us there, and. We said we, – we tried to change it up so that it was a bit fair. We tried to say the last three pay the yep. bill. So, But like – so if you're third last, you'd pay 150. If you're second last, you'd pay 350. And then if you're last, you'd pay 500. So it just breaks it up a bit. But it also makes it a bit more intense. So when you yeah. – when you're around that five, six, like last card, you, you go, oh, might be in for a bit of a bill here, but I can live with like third last. Yep. And I've always thought about you cricket lads, especially if you're on the – piss and you drink it and you're eating at nice restaurants and get, get right up there. We've gone the other way as well as um, last card out gets it free. 
So then just everyone else split. Yeah. So there's six of you like, okay, we'll go in. Someone gets free dinner. That's a lot that. Yeah. So then like it's not as – and then the five blokes split the six. The six blokes happy. Do you do you go – so I've mixed it up over the years just to make it more interesting, but say there's a hat, got the Rick's hat on, right, and then they put all the cards in and you get the lady to come around and pick one out. Yep. Are you boys first – like do you guys first one out or last two? Uh, the last one out. That last one out. Yeah. See, really I'm, right I'm the same as you. Yeah. So people will go, nah, let's just kill it straight away. I go, yeah, yeah. nah, 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 nah. Yeah, yeah. I want this. this right I want to. I want to just read the names out I and see boys sweat. Yes, yeah. exactly. I right. want to see Ness with no CA contract. <laughs> <laughs> sweat beans over three grand. Yeah. Sweating beans over three grand. That's yeah. exactly what you need. I, I've got mates that just want to go first out pays. I go, nah, yeah. come on, let's wait till the last card. And you see the last. <laughs> it's yeah. great. Yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. Let's talk about SA. You go back to SA. You. Um, I know I messaged you was, wasn't too long ago and I go, oh, the king's back in town. He's going to put on a clinic. Good luck, mate. And you always do. It's something about SA that you love going there. They love you. Um, wh- how much does it, like how special is it when you know that you've got, uh, you know, a, a match coming up, whether it's whatever format in SA, Adelaide Oval, like what, what's the difference for you? Um, I'd imagine it's a, a busy of, week. Yeah. A lot um, of text messages. Yeah. A lot of, t- <laughs> a lot of, a lot of ticket requests. Um, Busier this week with the boys. Last couple of weeks ago with the boys, they want to play golf. So um, you try to you try to just sort things out. Um, a few different restaurant ideas. Um, you just try to put on a good show for the boys for the week in your home deck. Bison does the same in Perth with us. Um, so yeah, you, one you try to look after the boys as much as you can in your home state. Um, I'm pretty giving. Like, I feel like I'm 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 out there and trying to be giving. Like give good guys good recommendations from restaurants. Um, but then I'm at home as well. So. Um, quality time with with Jess and Miller and um but yeah Adelaide test comes around the best time is when I think when we start so all the other stuff's done um very lucky and we I guess with Adelaide was we haven't been fortunate enough to have a lot of guys playing test cricket um over the years for South Australia you go back to Dizzy and Buff probably and Bluey um it's been a long time between drinks that we've had um South Australians consistently in the team and at the moment Kez and I are in the team together and have been for a few years so Think there's a great feel out just having some South Australians in the squad. So um, yeah, normally there's a couple of luncheons pre-tests that sort of get the juices flowing a bit because everyone's just so excited that yeah we're playing and um, yeah you get a good buzz when you walk out of bat and everyone gets up and about about it and yeah there's that little bit of added pressure of, of getting runs and um, a place that I've batted heaps at. So very fortunate the cards have fell away that yeah I've, I've got a couple of hundreds in the last couple of years. I've got a an ODI hundred there as well and. Um, yeah, I played well there in a lot of games, so um, it's a beautiful place to play and a beautiful place to bat. I think it's the best stadium in the country. It's a great um, stadium. It's a great test match. If you've ever been in an Adelaide test match or a test match during the summer, Adelaide test match is the one to be at. It's an absolute belter. It's like carnival, like races, festival sort of feel, um, plenty of pims. Um, normally people see many balls of cricket. They sit out the back <laughs> in the tents and um, it's just got that great buzz around it, um, normally the good weather as well. So, um She's an awesome week. Ah, oh, it's good, man. It's uh, yeah, I'd imagine it's a great week for you. And like you just said, it's the best is what, the best part of the week's when it starts because yeah. you can actually put your phone down and start worrying about your job. And you always do a great job uh, making runs and and doing the rest of it. Ah, oh, it's great. If you if you you just spoke about Boston in Perth, I'll quickly just go around. So you, I'll just say you'd be the king of Adelaide. Would Boston be the prince of Perth? Prince if we go Perth. to Queensland, who who dominates that state? Uh, Uzi would be the one out Sydney. of the boys. Uh, Oof. Few there. Now Davey's gone. Um, you have to say Skipper, Cummer. Yeah. 
Okay. And yeah. then uh, Tazzy. And uh, well, Tazzy, we got no one from Tazzy. Um, Victoria. Victoria. I was going to last. It'd be the one day boys. So I'd be like Maxi. Yeah. Maxwell. Yeah. Maxwell knows his way around it. There you um, go. And who out of everyone puts on the best little. Geez, Bison did a good one in I Perth. I heard Bison with the boat party was. Yeah, he did a real good one. I've not spent much time. I, I, I guess we get stuck in, in Perth just next to the Wacker and. There's not a hell of a lot to do in the 10 years I've never really ventured out and um, yeah, went down the cot and, oh, the and played some cot. golf. And yeah, mate, he's, he's, he's got a mansion down there on the beach <laughs> and um, he's getting a new boat built. And so the, the boat, he uh, he's building his boat, brought it around for us and we went out in there and we didn't go to Rockness Island, but um, which I've, I've heard is unbelievable. Um, so I look forward to his boat getting built. But he took us out for yeah, a couple of beers. On the Swan River, I heard, yeah. yeah. Bit of lobster on the barbecues, but lobbies for the boys, oh. and um, we had a great time. So, um, yeah, he it's a and then and a bit of golf as well. So he ticked all the boxes for all the boys, and we had absolute bells of time. Oh, so it's high on the list. There you go. That's great that we just went around golf. We're talking about it a bit. Come on, let's name them. Who are the best golfers in the Australian cricket side, and who is the worst golfer? I don't mean to be yeah. negative. We're always positive here, but there's a bit of banter here. Who thinks they're good and they're really average? Um, well, the good ones we the coaches are good. Uh, McDonald and Vittori, and they play rapid, talking each other's backswing, sledge each other in backswing. Oh, ruthless, ruthless. That's like, great. Vittori be like, watch this. As he's hitting it, watch this. Whoosh. And like, not even look at the ball, pick his tee up <laughs> down the middle. So they're like ruthless to play with. Um, and then you got like Stark, Hazelwood. Um, Camo's good after a couple of beers as well. They hit a long ball, I'd yeah, imagine. Yeah, like bison. The boys hit it miles. Um, How far do they hit it? No, nah, like you joke. Like oh, I couldn't put numbers on I've seen Maxi on, on TV like, smoke a ball. Yeah, but like Maxi's a long way, but like if Starkey and Hoff and, um, and Bison get hold of him. Bison would have gone. Like, gone. <laughs> he can't, sometimes he doesn't keep in the same postcode, but he, <laughs> he gets it right. Um, and then uh, the new beginners, the newbies, the, I reckon the two newbies are the two that uh, are hot in this topic is Smith is, I think he's a mid-20 handicapper at the minute, can't hack it at the moment, but what, reckons he'll be scratched in a couple of years, which if he goes about his batting the same way about his golf, he will yep. be, but pretty average at the minute. Uh, and Marnus has got new golf clubs having a bit of a stinker, so – um, I think he's he sort of got down to that sort of 15 marker. Um, he should be a lot better. He should be around the 10 sort of marker. Um, played with him yesterday and he had a bit of a meltdown at the end. So, um, But, yeah, there's some bloody good golfers. They love it. It's a good outlet for us. It's a good release. Yeah, it's not been well documented that, documented that we all play a fair bit um, in and around our families. But, um, yeah, there's some, some good golfers getting about. What's your handicap? I'm at 11 at the minute. Nice. Yeah, can't hit it off the tee. Literally cannot hit it off the tee. So the vanilla, I feel comfortable the, anywhere in, in inside 150, I'm happy. You got the vanilla slice or yeah? Yeah. I, no, I got the, the slice. I got the duck hook. I got the grubber. <laughs> I've got the drop kick. I've got it all. So It's a great um, day, isn't mate, it? I'm, I'm a four and off the tee and then grow my way around. So in saying that, I'm be, to still be at 11, um, if we if we were on the green, I'd back, I'd, I'll back myself to be the best on the green by the, by the boys. There's a few... <laughs> few boys where I'm standing. I stood over a 40-footer the other day and Hoff was nervous for the match. So I think that uh, sums it up. I don't know how I don't lose my touch around the greens, but for some reason I can bloody putt, but I can't hit the long stick, that which is, is completely so different good. in cricket because I haven't got the young, I haven't got the finer touches in yeah, cricket. Yeah, you think of the other way around. The complete opposites. So. Um, we're going to go to the aces here to conclude. I've just got quick ones. Great. Well, when I was outside, outside of the World Cup, um, what's the, the greatest innings you reckon you've had? World Test Championship. Yep, nice. Yep. Um, what's the worst day you've had? 
last week, King Pear. <laughs> yep. Just on a King Pear, like, you know, it's actually great I can talk to you about this because yeah. you've done the you've done everything yeah. and then we're just coming off the King Pear and um, I feel like I'm Mosdjum, mate. I've had a coffee with you yeah, that morning. morning so, yeah. <laughs> But uh, what's the King Pear like? Look, it's, it's actually great to be a little bit vulnerable here and show them that you're human. Like yeah. a King Pear, I mean, it's great to be able to do everything really. What's a King Pear feel like as a batter and what so, do you need to do to get out of the King Pear rut? Well, mate, last year I got out, uh, caught down leg first ball. So I got caught down leg side twice in the same game last year at the Gabba. And there was a bit of talk about, oh, the leg side trap because it's a bit of a gag. I got out same day, man of the match, but got a first baller last year. And then this year, first ball down leg side, nicked it. <laughs> so like I walk in and there was a few actually boys giggling and that. Like, <laughs> and I was like, is that is this for real? Like sort of like, oh, well. Um, and then, yeah, and then I got an absolute corker in the second innings. Yorker that faded away a little bit that Nick hit the bottom of leg uh, off stump, which – yeah, I've got to, I've got to keep it out. It's pretty simple to say like it was a mistake, but um, also not a bad ball. Um, and I walked in and, and Scotty Bolland's on the massage bed. I walked in. I was like, well, he's done the double. <laughs> and like, I was like, I just can't not laugh at that. Like, yeah. I was like, and, it, and at the time, like, I had the shits because it was a big moment in the game, but I still thought that like, we were going to win. Um, so as the game went on, we started losing more wickets. I got, but I got more filthy about it. Um, but then also you walk up in the box. It's a pretty relaxed group. I walk up into the viewing room and like seven heads turn around and see who's coming through, hoping it was me. Walk in and then like then they all put their head, like they're all like that in the head and the hat, sort of giggling. And I said to the uh, I said to the analyst, I said, "Do you mind just piecing together my footage for the week and just flicking to me on email?" And so I got a few laughs out of the boys because it'd be about three second clip um, of my week for my two balls. So. Um, yeah, like if you don't laugh, you cry. When exactly you're right. That's the life of a batter. That's why I've got so much respect for you guys yeah. because you could be out there for hours and days, you know, and then and then the next minute you can be out there for three seconds. It's crazy yeah, I how batted, much, you, yeah. I batted horrifically, I thought, in the start of Adelaide and got 100 um, and didn't bat well in the nets and was sort of finding some rhythm and felt like I was close and then you get 100 and then come off the thrill of getting 100. I've never, like, I don't bat great in the nets. It Gabba last week. I had COVID, I got COVID as well, obviously, so I missed a little bit of training. I batted so well the day before, and the morning that we seen you, I went to the nets, and I did not miss the middle of bat for 20 minutes. Went in there and absolutely boned them. And there's a running gag with Scotty Bowl and a few others that, like, when I bat well, it's like, look out, like, I'm in some trouble. There's no <laughs> runs coming. And when I bat, like, absolutely busted, they're like, oh, he's in form. <laughs> um, so, like, I, Scotty goes, how'd you go? And I said, did not miss the middle of bat. Like, I'm on. Like, I'm going to take him down today. We needed 100 40 to win. I was like, if I get my chance, I'm in next. I'm like, I'm going to go out there and take the game on, hopefully like get off to a bit of a fire and and kill the game completely. And that was my mindset. I'm like, I'm going to boss the game. Come off a duck, like, don't worry about it. Mate, by the time I'd marked center, I was already walking off. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I, was, I walked in. I was like, like I hit him well in the nets. Like, there's a little, <laughs> I can't really break down this game on how I'm batting. So, um, yeah, it's a brutal game, mate, because you can bat well in the nets and you can feel like you're on top of the world and then you get smashed down oh. by good bowling. So, Mate, I love the way you, you broke that down. And um, that's that's life. That's cricket. Yeah. It does Sometimes it doesn't go that way. There's a process behind it. You just pick yourself back up and here comes a ton tonight. No dramas at all here. Yeah. Um, all right, quick questions to round it out here. Uh, why are you called the bin lid from Lasbird? Is that a thing? That was uh, oh, just more bat pad under the helmet. I, I made a joke one day that a little bit like the bin, if the lid's open, it will fall in the bin. If it goes either side of it, I ain't <laughs> catching it. So that was weighty. Love it. Ben Hannon says, it's your last drink on earth. What would it be? Oh, a beer. What brand? Um, or can you not say, are you sponsored? <laughs> no, well, I should say West End. <laughs> yeah, you should. South Australian. 
Who's the king of Adelaide Oval? This is from Kernsey, 494. Yourself or Robbie Gray? <laughs> oh, come on. Robbie's done, so he's good. Yeah, yeah. He'll probably have a statue out the front at some stage, don't worry. <laughs> That's great. We just got some love here from Ryan Circa. Just says you're the GOAT. Um, how many beers can Trav delete in one sitting? We won't answer that because I don't want to get him in trouble. Um, are you a, are you a, so Tom Hillard reckons, are you aware of the love for the surrounding, the Summer of Head Facebook group? Have you seen that one? Haven't seen that one. Okay, I've seen a few. I have to have a, have a look. Have a look at that, mate. Clearly they're getting around you. Um, who is the best? This is a good one. 22, Nicholas James. Who is the best opponent you've sunk a beer with? Who opponent. Best opponent. Uh, the, the uh, Kiwis are good. Kiwis, New Zealand, yeah. A player in particular? Uh, no, just in general. They're really good. Um, nice. Well documented that England didn't have a beer with us after the Ashes. So, <laughs> yeah. um, but no, the uh, Kiwis are always good. They're always hard to get out. Them and South Africa actually. South Africa are also good. Yeah, love it. Um, a lot of talk about on-field performance. Who's the best performer off the field? Bison. That's brilliant. Love yeah. hearing that. Uh, what else have we got? Your favourite teammate to bat with or the best chemistry you've had on the pitch from um, from uh, Rosie Partland? I think oh, Davey Warner was was good. He was He's high quality. Um, best, I think the, the complete opposites. I think the, the me, Manus and Smithy, I think I, I bat better with, better partnerships with um, because we're just complete opposites. And I think opposites attract, so mm. – um, I have fun with Davey because we go toe-to-toe opening the batting together in that World Cup where if we're both on and both playing well, it's hell for leather. Um, Bison as well is good at the top of the order in one day cricket, but Test cricket, I think Marnus and Smithy, they're there, they're, this, they're accountable, they, you know they're not going to leave you. And they, they normally bat for a long time, which means I can express myself without knowing that they're not going to get out the other end, so they, yeah. they're pretty good. That's great. And uh, what footy position would you play if you're playing AFL? I know you love the port power. <laughs> yeah. You're a big footy man. We'll talk about footy real quickly before we finish, but what position did you play? And, uh, yeah, how would you go in an uh, AFL? Where would you put yourself? I'd be, I was a goal sneak, so. <laughs> forward pocket? Yeah, half forward. It depends how big the tank got. I needed a few pre-seasons. <laughs> Who, who's t- whose spot would you take it for? Your Robbie's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, yeah. Uh, nah, yeah, somewhere like that. I reckon, like, just uh, – just high impact. Love it. That high was impact. Was, and your love for Port, like where, where do you see them going? I know you love your, yeah. the boys. You've done a little bit of leadership work with a few boys like Butters and Rosie, no doubt now, Skipper, yeah. which is awesome. Congrats once again to the great man. But, um, you, you, you know, what do you think of the, where do you think the boys are going to go? This, they've had a lot of recruits, which is yeah. some good recruits, some solid recruits. Where do you see them finishing and how do you see them going this year? Mate, this is the window still open, isn't it? So, um, yeah, I've been quiet about my the passion for Port Adelaide because it's hard when I'm on my way on tour and don't see a hell of a lot. So when I come home, you don't want to be like jumping on the – feel like I'm or seen to be jumping on the bandwagon and such. So I'm having a really good relationship with a few of the boys. So I stay pretty quiet about things. But, um, geez, it's good when you're on tour. India's going to be great to watch them because it gives me something to do um, in the down times to, to get on and have the AFL up going and um, watch it hard. But, um, yeah, they've done well with some of the pickups. Um, yeah. They always are. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's still strike that window. I think hopefully we can uh, give it a mix again. That'd be great. And uh, a couple more, but your best, what's the best sledge or the best thing you've heard on a cricket pitch? Oh, this one always comes up. It's always a hard one. Um, a lot of things you can't say on camera um, or probably could say in this environment, but it's just pretty <laughs> generic stuff. Um, Any cheeky stuff that's PG rated but still very funny or gets in your head? Um, or one that you might, might use on? The best one, I think during the Ashes was like, and it wouldn't have been documented. You don't hear it much, but Ben Duckett, 
So I have a really low percentage leave. I hit the ball most times, don't leave. He has a lesser percentage leave than me. So there's a few times during the Ashes that I would leave one or he would leave one. And whenever we were in the field, we sort of like give it like a big cat, like meow or like <laughs> you're a pussy, like hit the ball. Like, uh, <laughs> so like um, there was a few times during that where me and him both were just like, um, which was quite humorous because you leave it and then you knew that it was coming. And yeah. you're like, what are you doing? Leaving it. <laughs> uh, and I was doing it vice versa. And most times I was on the boundary, so I have to run in 20 metres and yell out. And he didn't do it very often, so – when it did pop up and if he forgot about it, I'm like I'm screaming and giving him a stick about it. So um, that was just a good one. Two players on different teams that play very similarly, that see the yeah. game, I think, very similar. Um, and all the boys who knew the lead percentage and they reckon we were competing at one stage for it. So um, but yeah. I, don't, I leave a hell of a lot more times than what he does. So that's great. He's in that battle. <laughs> Meow. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Um, oh, fuck. I was just thinking of another teammate that I used to do that, Xavier yeah. Hello, and he used to just meow all the time. Yeah. It just makes me laugh. Um, what was the last question I had here? It was, oh, it was about you fielding in silly. I yeah. find that position like, I, I, <laughs> it's how do you get that gig and oh. uh, how do you retain it and can you pass it off or do you enjoy it? Because getting that close to the bat, um, you've got a lot of trust in your bowlers not to put, you know, not to bowl short yeah. <laughs> and you're all batted up. But like, have you got any funny experiences that maybe we can get some footage of where you've taken a cracker catch there or you've been smoked there? Like what? any uh, memories fit fielding in that position? All three of them this, uh, in, the, in this series. I took a couple of – I took one good catch, a good run out, and, um, and I got whacked. And when I get hit, I'm not a fan of it. Um, normally goes to the youngest blo- – uh, normally goes to the youngest or least last games, like least games, um, which in this team at the moment, there's not many blokes with um, lesser games. So Marnus is normally in there and he sort of talks himself out of it. Because um, he's getting run outs in the end field and oh, I can be important here and there. <laughs> so I've been thrown in, which I'm absolutely filthy about. <laughs> uh, and I said it the other week, I'm like, oh, you must do heaps of work with it. And you take a great catch. I was like, I do no work for it. I don't want it. I don't want to be in there. Um, but also, I'm one of the boys. So look, if I needed to do it for the lads, I'd do it. Yeah, um, it's great. But um, look, I'm looking forward to it. Some say it's a team changing. We'll get someone else in there and then they'll be in there. So um, I've got a little tally running on my pads on how many times I field in there, how many t- catches I take. I reckon that uh, the catches are pretty, pretty pretty lean, but when I hand them over, I'm going to have a tally on how many I've done. So, um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, off the quicks, it's okay, unless they go bounces and they just smack it into you. Um, spins are one. If they start sweeping and that, you've got to sort of get yourself out of there. Yeah. And, um, but it's a, it's a hard place to be. There's some blokes that absolutely froth it as well. Cameron Bancroft's one that's like, he's a maniac. He, wants, he wants to be in there. He's like trying to catch everything. He never looks down. They smack at him. He's like looking up, trying oh to catch God. it. Just like melts him in the face. Like, <laughs> um, where I'm, if as soon as that bat goes above the waist, mate, I'm out of there. I'm yeah. ducking for cover. So, um, bit of a funny. It's a good position, but it's um, it's a tough one. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, the last one I got. Who was your idol growing up? Who was someone that you looked up to? Uh, Adam Gilchrist for me. So, um, bat in a similar way. Um, but I was a, I was a wiki keeper when I was younger, and Boxing Day was the greatest day ever. They brought out all the new gear and. Um, yeah, he just went out and smacked it, left-hand battery we kept. So I was a uh, yeah, massive Gilly fan. Oh, that's awesome. We'll leave it on Gilly because Gilly was amazing. Yeah. You've been unbelievable. I thank you so much for jumping on, mate. I know you're um, you're playing tonight and uh, or this afternoon and, uh, you know, you've come in this morning and jumped on the mic. We've been trying to do this for ages. But it's, it's been hard to even just catch up with your schedule. And um, But, mate, I just, yeah, just so proud of you. Everyone is. It's great to uh, – Great to see all you Aussies just making us so proud every time you just go out in the pitch and 
continue to do it. The summer of cricket, it's right here. We'll all be supporting you uh, moving forward. All the best in the IPL as well. Thank you. Um, great to see you cash in. It's uh, it's fantastic. And, yeah, thanks for all the support with all the Ricks, right. mate. I, I love seeing you. Let us know if we need to sort the boys out. Anyone else out there that wants to look like Trav, uh, wants a hat, whatever, rickseyewear.com.au. Use our special discount code ACES. Um, we just dropped some brand new sunnies. I don't think the ones you're wearing are dropped just yet, Trav. No, uh, they're just exclusive, and I think yeah. they're first ones, but the Soho's uh, in smoke and crystal around the corner. Um, that's all I've got. Thanks, hey, mate. Thank you, really mate. appreciate Cheers. it. Thanks, that mate. ring looks elite. Yeah. Thank you to everyone that's tuned in. We really appreciate your support. Hit subscribe, like, share this if you really enjoy it, and we'll see you on the next episode of Tommy Talks. One more time because I really mean it. I just want to say a massive thank you for all the support you continue to give us at the Oz American Aces. If you want to further support us, make sure you like and subscribe, hit the follow button so you can keep up to date with all our exciting shows and announcements. Righto, now it's time to give our sponsors a massive plug. Aces, I know I always go on about the Rixies, but I got huge news. We have all our styles and colors restocked on the website right now. It's been months, we ran out of stock, but we're back. Get online, grab some sunglasses at rickseyewear.com.au right now and use our little discount code ACES if you want a 20% discount code on the house.